listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Work. Yeah, I wake in the morning zone Laid out, half awake, still yawning Had a dream about a chick I'm boning Pick the phone up, thinking should I go with Bump that, hung up Cause messing with hoes, you get stuck Ironic after sex, that's right when you get fucked And dudes wait for all the right moments to show up Homie, I don't wait, I'm creating my own luck So sleep up, it only gets harder to reach us We're running downfield while they watch from the bleachers And what I think when I hear my song through the speakers In my 20s already making more than my teachers With no school, not to get it twisted, I'm no fool Young guy with a mind straight out the old school my mom said you ain't hear a word that they told you Instead you did it all by your own rules And I just chill With my feet in the sand My back against the wind I pretend I'm weightless And the ocean's like diamonds Sitting on a blue blanket And I just chill With my feet in the sand My back against the wind I pretend I'm weightless And the ocean's like diamonds Sitting on a blue blanket It all makes sense as I lay down out on the boat deck Thinking it's a dream, I don't think that I woke yet Caught up in the game, I don't think that I won yet Both shoes on, I'm just watching the sunset Yeah, we've done a lot, but believe we ain't done yet Staring in the mirror at a person I just met You know I just feel so gone today Staring back at the coast so far away And maybe that's a metaphor And the ocean represents what I never saw And the coast represents what we once were And the boat is us with no anchor No blame or faults I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. Top that. Stop that. I don't really give a about trying to top that. Top that. Stop that. I wish you would finally take a real look and really stop that. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Tips Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Ed. Karen. And I, you know, since, uh, you know, we have a special guest on today, I wonder if people know what movie that is even from, or if I'm just that goddamn old. Um, I think you're old. But, uh, of course, this is the Black Guy Tips Podcast, and you're listening to us, uh, three times a week, hopefully. Uh, it's a comedy podcast that we do three times a week, and it's, uh, my wife and me. That's the we. And then occasionally we have guests <laughs> on, and uh, you when when we have guests, you know because you hear some third voice doing the doing the intro to the show, doing some rap lyrics. And today, that special guest is none other than a man who has been on the Spoiled Movie Review podcast. So if people yes, he has. Um, if people listen to the Amazing Spider Man review, they should they should already know of this man. Um, he also has his own podcast, the Long and Late Movie Show, which is how I listen to him. Um, so hopefully people know him from that if they're they're not checking that out now's a good reason to um he's also uh on twitter um he's at russell h film and also at 
uh frank longo you don't you don't mind me promoting that one do you not at all uh, go for it i know that one's a little more ratchet than the normal one um and <laughs> i about to say fit right in with our fans then right right that's, that's probably the one people are gonna follow yes for the record i promise you um but he also writes for movie mezzanine um and you can also find his website at uh the password is swordfish um so uh yeah, it's my man Rachel. Uh, sorry, Rachel. Russell H. Hanlon. What? Yeah, it's my man Rachel. What's up, Rach? I'm about to say. What, I'm about to say that was a quick sex change. Nobody told me. It's my man Russell Hainline, man. From uh, like I said, I know him from the Long and Late movie uh show. So what's up, man? Uh, it's it's Rachel actually. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, well, you know, people move <laughs> to California. Whatever you want to do, man, yeah, it's your they, business. You know, they get out there in the sunshine and change. You know, I'm not judging. Am I, am I allowed to take a guess at the uh, at the movie that the lyrics are from? Yeah, sure, of course. If I'm not mistaken. This is from a, a, a little film called Teen Witch. Oh yes, yes you are correct. It's sir. a good pull, sir. Ding. It's my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> supersonic idiotic disconnected not respecting who you ever really want to go on top that <laughs> my shit dog that white girl was busting that flow um but uh but yeah man so uh we have rest on man and it's also the same day as uh the 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 nominees for oscars got uh released so we're gonna have some oscar talk um okay. we're gonna have some movie talk okay um, and not to mention, I mean, from one critic to another critic, I mean, I think we have to have this <laughs> conversation since Karen and I are actually uh, accredited critics for North Carolina. Can you uh, believe that? Woohoo! We are officially, um, <laughs> uh, as crazy as that fucking sounds to I, say. Yes, it does, sir. We are officially in the North Carolina, um, critic, uh, film critic association. So I'm what? shocked. I'm as shocked as you. Yeah, man. So <laughs> we, uh, one Congratulations. of the, That's I don't awesome. think they know what they signed. Yeah. Apparently <laughs> one of the, uh, people that, uh, is in the organization, they listen to our show. They listen to sport movie reviews and I guess they like our take. And uh we applied and we got accepted. Uh so as of uh, a couple of weeks ago we we're officially in. I just voted for the movies of the year for North Carolina. Woo-hoo! <laughs> what what'd you vote? What'd you vote for? <laughs> Life of Power was my movie of the year. Of course. Uh, nice. But I won't lie though. I, 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 and it was, you know, let's get into some questions because I have questions for you, Russell. Anyway, uh, Absolutely. you know, I need advice as a new film critic. I'm new to this. Me too, sir. You know, you got this, to help us out. So <laughs> I got, I got some, uh, you know, I got to get some advice and we can have some critic banter. Um, uh, and I'll start with the first one being, um, if you vote for anything as far as, uh, any association you're part of or even just on your own personal picks in your podcast, how do you handle movies you haven't seen? So, because there was a lot of categories that's like, uh, best such and such. And I was like, okay, I only saw one of these and I really liked it, but the other ones could be better. I just did not see them. Do you abstain from voting or do you vote anyway? Uh, I, to be honest, I just try and see everything. Mm. Uh, and if, uh, I try and make sure that I see if it's something from categories, like say it's, say it's like the Oscars. Right, and you've got your five nominees on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to make it a point to at least see three or four of them, uh, mm-hmm. at bare minimum. Usually, I try and just uh, I try and go for the the clean sweep. I try and see all of them. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's only so many hours in a day, so many uh, yes. you know movies you get to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to be as well informed as possible. I never vote for anything I haven't seen. Uh, I never review anything I haven't seen. Uh, and if it's something where I, I've actually never encountered a, a vote in which I have to vote for something where I haven't seen anything in the entire category. I usually am able to get around to at least to at least one thing. Yeah. Normally, normally, like foreign films and documentaries are like the hardest ones for me to get to. In the past, it's going to be easier for me now living in California. Uh, but in the past, foreign films and documentaries they normally just stay in New York and L.A. Uh, for the most part, so it's tougher. Yeah, we um, we had a category for best foreign film this year, and um, we did. Yeah, that that we voted for, and um, I, I'm assuming I vote for B A U Karen because. Oh uh, yes, you do. They sent one email, so I'm, okay, yeah. So yeah, you rep- you represent the whole crew, sir. Right. So you know, our selection this year uh, in the foreign film category was the Raid Redemption. Oh, that was my shit, dog. Yeah, I loved it. Like I, was, I don't even care what else is in the category. I vote for that regardless. Right. See, you know me. Thank you, sir. But. I did not see any of the other movies, and I was like, well, I guess these could all be off the hook, too, but I just... I don't... I have no I, I have no idea, so you know, I just I'm a terrible, didn't worry about I'm it. I'm a terrible film critic, because I love that movie so much that it wouldn't have matter what else was in the category, mm-hmm. I'd vote for it. Yeah, so... Right. <laughs> I, my favorite movie of the year was actually a foreign film. Wait, which film was that? Uh, it's a movie called Holy Motors. Oh, yeah, I got uh, the screener for that, because, you know, I'm a film critic now. So oh. you get you get the screen. God damn! Look at you. You are uh, you are a lucky man. Up. I'm still uh, you know, I'm 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 getting all that hookup. But I got the hookup here a little too late to get all the the screeners and what have you. Oh, uh, don't worry, uh, man. I'll forward you the email. I'll get you in there, man. Don't worry about hell it. Hell yeah, make that happen, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I have North Carolina connection. I went to Duke. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're gonna get into that. There's some North Carolina stuff there, <laughs> uh, but Holy Motors is just one of the most insane movies I've ever seen. Uh, it's one of those movies where you see it and you don't really get it all right away, but it just it, it sticks into your head so hard that you immediately want to see it again, try and piece it all together. Uh, it's hilarious. It's sad. It's very strange. The main performance is just uh, amazing. He plays like nine or ten different roles. Damn. Uh, it's very absurd. Uh, a lot of it uh, doesn't seem to make sense right away. The segues are very, uh, it's very non-linear in how it unfolds. And uh, I, I loved it. The first time I saw it, I had a big smile on my face. I couldn't get rid of it. I, I think when I just left and I was trying to, usually I see it with my girlfriend, Emily, uh, who I talk about on my podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Emily and I usually talk after a movie. And uh, Emily didn't understand it. And she kept asking me, you know, these questions, she, uh, absurdism isn't really her thing. Mm. And she kept asking me these questions, and I just kept laughing. Like, I just remember giggling for, like, 20 minutes after the movie was over. I was just, like, in a state of, of bliss. So you still so. get that feeling after seeing so many movies. Occasionally, you will find Man, a movie fear. that can that can still, like, move you uh, to that level that of enthusiasm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, f- I find m- many movies every year that, uh, that I absolutely fall in love with. I, I like to think that I toe the line between the critic who hates everything, and I, I hate that critic. Yeah, yes, you know, me, too. I, me too. I love movies way too much 
to hate things. Like I, I always tell people, I, I wrote for Movie Mezzanine uh, for an article that's coming out on Monday, uh, the 50 movies I'm looking forward to most in 2013. Uh, I, I said, I have an equal appreciation of the artsy and the fartsy. Mm, I you know, like that. Uh, I love a good big budget explosion movie as much as I like a, an absurdist French film. So, uh, so I love too many movies to be the critic that hates everything, but I also try to not be that annoying critic who loves everything. Oh, yeah. See, now I like to be that critic, uh, and by which I mean I don't go see movies I don't think I would like. Me either, because um, because so- I, I know I would be mad because I because I don't know. It's like for me when I see the previews, the previews. I like commercials, and for me, it makes a break whether or not I will even take the effort to go see. Like, I know Les Miserables got all those awards, but I don't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I saw, uh, like, I saw the trailer for I, Lincoln, and then, the uh-huh, what'd you say, Russell? Hated Les Miserables, by the way. I hated yeah, it. Yeah, I, I heard your review on it. You didn't sound too kind. Um, My, I love musicals, hated Les Miserables. Yeah, you're yeah, you're you're a theater guy and you yeah, you love musicals. Um and it just looks so bad to me. I was like, who who wanna sit and watch these folks sing? This is a bad year for musicals. I mean, you had the Tom Cruise vehicle, uh oh. then you had the Johnny Depp vehicle. Yeah, yeah. And then you had Wait, like Ms. Rap. Dark, Dark Shadows. Oh, that wasn't really a musical. That just uh that just had a bunch of like corny music in the trailer. That, that oh, okay. Cool. So they ain't really do all those singing, singing. And shit. No, yeah, that was just like you know they'd have a, you know the, something like wacky would happen and then like Lou Rolls you'll never find would come on and then like they oh. cut the Johnny bug his eyes out. You know, it's, it's just like one of those movies. That was also a terrible movie. That's one of the worst movies I saw all year. Okay, okay. yeah, we'll see. Well, I that didn't explains why I didn't go. Yeah, see it. I didn't see that one, mm-hmm. uh, which is. Uh, you know, which is also good for me. Um, and then the other thing too, man, like, uh, uh I got a question for, uh, so Karen said that the previews are what makes or breaks it for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rod, what, what makes or breaks a movie for you? Is it, is it the previews? Partially. Um, it's the previews and then just, uh, sometimes it's the concept. Like I didn't, oh. I didn't go see Lincoln. No. And no review I've heard of Lincoln has surprised me yet. Cause it was exactly like this. Like, let me guess, it's gonna be kind of boring. Daniel Day Lewis gonna be acting his motherfucking ass off, and really ain't shit gonna happen in the movie. And it was gonna be long. And I like, and also, man, like I like my slavery with black people killing white people and shit. So if if that's not in the movie for me, <laughs> I'm I'm not, I'm done. I'm done with slave movies. Other than uh, slaves killing white people, uh, I'm I got it. I got reality is enough. Two hundred years, you got your. I got the point. You guys drove it home. Now let's get to killing. So I was like, I'm I'm out for this Lincoln this Lincoln movie. But yeah, we had already seen another Lincoln vampire movie, and I right. thought it was the same thing. I there was, was like, no, why are they showing the same movie twice? No vampires in the trailer. No. I was very. I was like, what the fuck? I just watched a historical retelling of Abraham Lincoln's life. Full of vampires and, yes. and, and explosions. The real version. And now you're going to try to throw this bullshit in my face? No, I ain't trying to hear no reality. Sorry, America. <laughs> I will say uh, trailers Trailers sometimes sell me, but I, I definitely try to make it a point once I know like what's going to come out. I like like to just keep a little running tally of like the directors mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes the actors who I really like. Yeah, and it's, then I- it's like porn for me. Like... Yeah. I, I, you know, like, I don't, like, a lot, <laughs> you're, you're porn novice. 
<laughs> you know, that, yeah, he's that, a that's over here. He that's knows your all guy. about it. Yeah, I'm a pointer store. That's your guys who are going into like your, your local, uh, 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 video store, dope video news store, and they're looking at the covers of every box and, you know, looking to see like what, what chick is it or the title of the film. Like, oh, big asses. I like big asses or something like that. And it's like, you know, that's cute. You know what I mean? Good for you, buddy. But personally, I'm follow, I'm a fan of directors and actresses that's all that fucking matters so you know i know and 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 i know who to avoid i know what to expect from certain directors so that's really what i'm looking for and also the other thing i'm looking for different from porn is plot like yeah certain concepts just get me like the concept for looper this year and the way they treated time travel and and the not even though it's nonsensical but just some of the things they did with the idea that ropes me into a movie more so than like uh someone going like uh well you know it's a period piece based on this thing and no. we got this actor i'm like eh. yeah i know and also for me uh too i don't like to see previews to tell me the whole movie i won't go see it i know what's gonna happen why am i gonna watch it that's true maybe I don't that's like the that way either. i process it i don't like that either you know when you show big plot twist or yeah. you show like something that's critical to the turn of the movie and i guess because me and roger watch so many movies and i watch so many bad movies and i'm like why would i go see that i already know that the person is gonna die or i already know that they're gonna survive because you're showing them like after something traumatic happened why would i want to watch that yeah Uh, yeah that's interesting. I, I always like asking people that question because uh, it varies so much from person to person. I'm actually the exact opposite when it comes to plot lines. Like a good plot line will rope me in, mm-hmm. but if it's a plot line that I think is cool, but it's a director that I know hadn't done shit, mm. then I'm going to be pretty hesitant to go to it. Whereas if it's a director and the plot like kind of sounds boring, but it's a director that I know always brings the heat and it's actors that I know always bring the heat, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna go in for it with an open mind because this guy rarely lets me down, and uh, nine times out of ten that methodology works. Yeah, sometimes you're gonna get a movie that's like you know more a B grade, C plus grade from from the directors that you like, mm-hmm. but you're never gonna get those movies that just that just fucking suck that are just terrible. Mm, yeah, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's and a logic and, to it, and that makes sense. And I know so also for me. Too personally, it's certain genre of movies that I don't I don't fuck with. Like Roger, you know I don't fuck with scary. Like I, I and I know scary is never nominated for Academy Awards, but you ain't got to worry about me going to see nobody slashed and hacked and then chopped up for no apparent reason other than they just there. Yeah, um, but I don't you- like I don't like scary either. Mm-hmm. I don't like scary either. That's the one genre I'm not. I I won't say I don't like it. There's some scary movies I like, but most scary movies. Uh, I agree. Uh, if, it, if it's just kind of like cheap thrills, not necessarily my vibe. Now, Karen, didn't you see A Cabin in the Woods with me, or was I by myself? Yes, we're gonna see. Like I said, it's but I just it's a difference. I take the, it's a difference between scary and horror. Like mm-hmm. like like I don't do horror. Right. I can do like a few thrills or play this. I I even do sci-fi. That's what's weird about me. I can do sci-fi. I just don't like like the scary horror with somebody walking around with an axe and all that stuff because i used to love those movies when i was a little kid but i remember about seven or eight and i messed around i watched freddy and that whole night i went to sleep i kept seeing a room with with with, uh couches covered with white and i kept thinking freddy's gonna get my ass and i stayed up all night long after that i was like Uh fuck that i will not watch scary no more because i like to sleep too much now listen um (laughs) before anyone says anything else 
that is fucking ridiculous you are a grown ass <laughs> woman no, no i don't think it's ridiculous nothing's gonna happen to you she's not gonna have nightmares at fucking 34 <laughs> because of fucking freddie at seven so bad i was like you know what you're not that? you're not you're not seven now karen you know how the world works i i i, I feel y'all people out there that are scared i've seen scary movies uh even as a as an adult I've seen scary movies that, that it just it, as you're going to sleep, it's not that you believe that the movie was true, but it just fucks with your mind while you're trying to, to sleep. Like, like right. any little shadow, any little like creak. Like I'll tell you right now, the Paranormal Activity movies, uh, at least the first one in particular, because I had no idea going into it. That night when I was trying to sleep, like your house uh, or your apartment or whatever always yeah. makes noise. Like regardless of where you live, you're gonna hear just the slightest bit of noise and any tiny noise that i heard after paranormal activity like i was sitting there just going in my mind trying to convince myself well i know that's not a ghost because ghosts don't exist (laughs) 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 well see i'm i'm glad hold on hold on one second hey russ we need to fix your mic real quick hey go go on your skype settings Oh yeah yeah go on your skype settings real quick it should be under tools i think like options or tools or something like that and then go to options, and there might be something that's automatically, uh, like check adjust. it says adjust your microphone settings automatically. If it's checked, can you uncheck it for me? Uh, do I go to preferences? It's it's either tools or it might be preferences. Yeah, it's something like that. And it should say like audio settings under one of them. You might be on a Mac or something. All right, I'm on. I'm on automatically adjust. You want me to? Yeah, not take off? that. Take that shit off. Yeah, yeah because it keeps cutting you off every kind of time Karen talks. So oh, I, I don't oh, want to lose oh, what you're I'm saying. I'm sorry, sweet. I didn't realize that, baby. It's okay. No, is this better? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go All ahead. Right. What you were saying? Oh, I, I was just saying that. Uh, you know, if <laughs> if I'm an adult, it's not that I'm sitting there believing in ghosts, but the fact that I'm even having the conversation with myself reminding myself that ghosts don't exist yes it, by itself totally insane lunatic behavior i, I um, am glad I'm, somebody teased no stop See, See, i have to live Roger, here Roger, russell <laughs> you are not helping me i'm trying to teach my wife not to be scared and you're enabling her by acting like that's a reasonable expectation it's uh, not it's a fucking what, movie. What was that movie? We went to go see that terrible ass movie with um Event Horizon, and that was yes. like over ten years ago. It was horrible. And we uh, and you, bullshit. Karen left in the middle of the fucking movie. Yes. And then and then we had to. I made her go back. We had to pay for tickets again, and we <laughs> sat there and we watched the whole fucking thing because I'm not gonna be dating a fucking scaredy cat. And 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 then you know what? She was right. I had to sit through that bad ass movie <laughs> a, a time and a half. The movie fucking sucked. I wanted to leave. <laughs> But at that point, I was trying to teach her a lesson, so I had to stay through a bad movie, man. So it, it's, it's crazy. Y'all are adults, and y'all should both be ashamed of yourselves. I am not, sir. I am not ashamed that I am a big-ass punk. Oh, you can't man. help it, man. You just you can't help it. Some movies, some movies there's just going to be a trigger that gets to you. And some movies there there won't be. And you know, you know I find what I find, the problem I have with scary movies... I think they aren't very good for the most part. That's really my main issue with them. It's like, it, it's so formulaic and like, there's not a lot of originality in the genre a lot of times. So too often I've sat in the theater and then was like, oh, but I know what's going to happen. And then I turn into this mode where I'm, I'm never really scared in any movies because 
uh i have this thing in my in, just in my brain where like i root against stupid people so right if it's like a kill, you know, uh, it's, it's always some shit like, uh, white people go off to the forest and decide that they're gonna touch a plant that they shouldn't be fucking touching. And then like, as soon as that happens, I'm like, kill all these motherfuckers, please. And I just, like, I guess everybody else in the theater is like, oh no, Julie fell down in the hole. How's she gonna get out? I'm like, oh, please kill her. Kill this bitch now. I don't want to see her get out the hole. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think my brain switches into a different mode. I did the same thing with Prometheus. And, and, yeah. and see, for me, Roger looks at me like I'm crazy because see, I'll start talking to the monitor to the screen and be like, Ron, you ain't got no business in us. See, that's why I don't need to go. Uh, whatever. <laughs> now, uh, I, I really think somebody should make a movie. Uh, tell me if you think this is a good idea. Someone should make a movie where, uh, first of all, the concept has to be like that that the people that that are going to be the victims that they can't uh, it can't be a stupid scenario mm-hmm. so it can't be like they go to an abandoned cabin like far away or whatever <laughs> right it's got to be just like some normal shit but somehow they get trapped not by doing stupid shit just they get trapped right mm-hmm. that's the first part of the premise and the second part of the premise is that they should all be black okay okay um they they should all be black, and they should not, because then, so then what you have is, is because I hear this all the time, it's white people acting stupid. Like, the yes. people, and mm-hmm. it's true, the people in the movies, in horror movies that act stupid are always the white person. Hey, I'm going to go explore that dark room by myself. Right. You know, or let's separate. always the white Why? person. Why? Yeah, and I'm always routinely surprised by how the, like, white moviegoers are always kind of like, oh my god, is I guess he should go check out that room. He has to check it out. And I'm always, I'm always looking at them like, no, see, that's how they died because, and I'm never shocked when they die. I'm like, of course he died. That's, he shouldn't have been in that room. Now back to your premise. Um, I had a, give them no choice. Give them no choice. Even if they're making smart choices, they're still going to be in trouble. Like that's what Mm. I'm saying. Right. So then, then you have to watch these characters struggle with, okay, we're smart people. We're not going to go into some dark, scary place. If we stay where we are, we're fucked. If we go somewhere else, it's being stupid, mm-hmm. and we're fucked. What do we do? And watch people sort of wrestle with that decision, wrestle with each other. All the while, you know, somebody's getting killed, whatever, whatever. You know, like that yeah. way it it avoids a lot of those white people uh, making dumb decision stereotypes. Although that is part of the fun right. for a lot of people. I think. That's what I was going to say. Now, you take all the fun out of the movie for me because... Right. To, to once you know, once we get to the killing the white people part, I'm like, good, let's go. Like they got to do some dumb shit, you know. But um, let me just throw this out here: two things. Number one, I think you just described the Walking Dead, but only with with, with only black people, like because that's how the Walking <laughs> Dead is. Like everything in the Walking Dead, even the shit that seems hopeful, is something that is ridiculously dangerous. Like we need to get medicine from that pharmacy, and it's like, hey, we got to the pharmacy. <laughs> and we got, we got medicine so your son won't die, but your friend got ate by a zombie, so you got that shit going. I yes. don't know. Walking Dead has a lot of dumb shit in it, too. Okay, well, give me some dumb shit from Walking Dead, man. I mean, now it's been a while because I gave up season two. Oh, yeah, that's why you think it's some dumb shit. Yeah, it's back good again. Yeah, because season two, the end of season one, and then what I saw of season two had enough dumb shit in it that I was like, I'm out. I don't yeah. want to spend an hour a week taking this journey because it's just going to make me sit here and go... This is dumb, 
And then I'm going to have to listen to all my friends go, yo, bro, did you see Walking Dead this week? Oh, my God. Dude, that was sick. And I'm, and I'm going to have to sit there and go... Yeah, I mean, there was like a part or two that was good. Like, mm-hmm. bro, it's the best television show on TV, bro. Yeah, well, you fucked up now because now it's back to being good. Yeah, people, people have told me it's back to being yeah, good. Yeah, they got what? Glenn now- Mazar from uh, The Shield as a showrunner. So uh, this season got really fucking good, but he just got fired like a couple weeks ago. So oh, I, I can't, I can't deal with the uh, with the back and forth like this. People yeah. getting fired from the show, people getting hired. You know, all the uh, it's just it's it's too much. I got other I got other things to watch. I got other things to do. I'm trying to write my own movies. Well, you know, for the record, the other- for the record, Russell, I don't want you to feel any pressure. I'm not one of those pushers. I'm not telling you to watch it. I'm just saying you fucked up. It got good again. <laughs> And it's too late. Like, I don't want you to watch it. I don't, I don't like anybody. Matter of fact, anything I do like, I don't like anybody watching the shit I like that don't like it. Me either. Like, I don't even want to hear that shit. Like, I was just like, uh, skip your opinion. You know? Which is why, I, which is why, I, which is why I quit it. Which is why I quit it. Exactly. I didn't want to be that guy who was who was being an asshole to everybody who was coming up saying Walking Dead was amazing this week. You know, and I knew that I would probably disagree. So then I would just sit there and go like, oh, I. You know, I don't watch it. I respect that, like, man. I do, too. At least you're being honest and truthful. At least you're not the people that really piss me off that watch it and then complain the entire time they're watching it. You're like, well, turn your fucking TV off then. And you know what? The culture has changed, too, because, and, um, you know, I, I, we're all old enough to remember, like, uh, when there wasn't so much TV to watch, so much movies to watch. It Doesn't it seem like with everything being so available everyone's turned into a peddler of whatever they like like mm-hmm. you can't just like something and be a fan of it and leave it at that you're like yep. what happened to the conversations of so russell do you watch what the walking dead no nah, i don't watch it man you need to get you need to start watching that shit man look it's the best thing ever it's like well i'm watching 27 shows Ooh, i watch movies yes. i don't have the time i have 17 Things kids and yeah. all this shit and it's like i don't give a fuck man you need to squeeze it in it's like <laughs> Dude, calm the fuck down. It'll be okay. He doesn't watch Breaking Bad or some shit. You don't have to share every fucking experience with people. Like, y'all, do y'all feel like that's changed since we've been around? It has. Oh, there's no question that it has changed. Uh, I was a high school teacher for the last three years. And, uh, and, you know, all the kids at the school, they watch all the same shows that everybody else does. You know, any show that people talk about breaking bad mad men the wire uh you know catching up on old stuff like the sopranos Mm. you know they want to be on top of the shit that people are talking about so when they tell me that they're caught up all these shows and they're watching all these shows during the week my first question always is do you ever go play outside (laughs) playing outside remember how great playing outside was and they're like who got time for that do that on twitter that shit sounds terrible (laughs) yes playing outside yeah can i do it while i tweet on my phone what are we talking about here? now checking into playing outside just right can i (laughs) can i go outside and i'll admit it nowadays because i spend so much time in front of a computer writing so i've got a balcony in santa monica where I go outside to write on my computer so that I can get some fresh air and be outside. You I just, like, just want to. It's, it's I, so stupid. I just want to get that get glue update that says like Rod unlocked going outside. <laughs> Rod unlocked pickup basketball game at the park. <laughs> right. 
Ron what? unlocked freeze tags. But I Ron is the mayor of soccer. Right. I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna change my bedroom location on Foursquare to Pussy and be like, I'm the mayor of Pussy in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time to watch this show. I, um. So another. I hope you're the mayor of Pussy at your house. <laughs> hey man, you, that's why you gotta check into your Foursquare. You never know. You gotta get that guy out of there. <laughs> Who's, Karen might be the mayor of pussy in here. I don't know. I know, right? I am the mayor, unless you boot me out or something. <laughs> um, so, uh, Karen uh, can just update all the time. She's just updating a bunch just to, <laughs> just to get mayor status back. <laughs> now, I know that, um, you also, uh, you mentioned earlier that you went to Duke. Um, uh, yes, sir. And obviously, I'm, uh, I don't know if you know, but I'm a Carolina fan, so, uh, I, you know? I have the obligatory hate for Duke that I'm supposed to have, but although I'm not as, <laughs> I'm not as diehard into college sports and shit anymore, mm-hmm. like, especially football, man. I used to like football, and I'm talking about before NCAA violations for Carolina. Just, I was about to say, I know why UNC football doesn't appeal to you now. Yeah, but, you know, like, just watch. I only watched uh, one game this year, and that was a championship game, and I think that's just more of some type of uh, residual DNA racial hatred of Notre Dame. I don't even think that shit had anything to do with that game. <laughs> oh, no, for me either, because I didn't care who, I'm just who like, won that game, but I was like, you know what, Notre Dame, y'all don't want to join the conference, lose. I was just like, old black men told me to hate y'all. The end. I'm mad. But, um, so <laughs> So, um, with Duke, man, how did you become a Duke fan or was it like, were you a Duke sports fan before you went to the school? Like, how did that work out? I, I was literally raised to love Duke. Mm. Both my parents went to Duke. Uh, some of my other family members uh, on my mom's side went to Duke. They, they all went to Duke. Wow. And so, yeah. And so like, I literally probably, I, I probably popped out and they put like a Duke bib on me or whatever you know like i i was i i remember distinctly the first time i was allowed to stay up late mm-hmm. was in 1991 for the championship game i was allowed to stay up and watch it damn so yeah cool. you were born and bred to be a duke fan so i really can't yeah. have, i don't have any hatred for you then um mm-hmm. normally um i have I, the hatred that i have for duke fans comes from uh the fact that so many of my friends that are duke fans said they like duke because they hate carolina and i think that's a dumbass way to like to do anything <laughs> uh, you shouldn't dedicate something out of just hate like you know i went to uh the mall and a carolina fan spit on my shoe and now i love duke it's like just fucking <laughs> just lo- like like some shit for for liking sake like you know i don't like the eagles because i hate the cowboys like i just fucking like the eagles and hating the cowboys is a really plush benefit that uh <laughs> that i get to do um in, yeah, in but, spare if, time. but if you don't but if you hate something and you're committed to that hate but you don't have like something that you're committed to to like mm-hmm. then it makes it easy so like if if for some reason right uh somebody didn't have a college basketball team and uh, but for some reason like they saw uh just to pick a hateable player tyler hansborough mm-hmm. right they saw Tyler Hansborough and they said, you know what, that dude seems like smug. You know, he looks kind of like Beaker from the Muppets. I don't like mm-hmm. him that much. He's taking charges by the three-point line. He's fucking right. traveling every time he does seven pump fakes in the lane. They never call seven three steps. seconds. And then, right. yeah. There's a lot of reasons to hate him. Right. So then if you are sitting down and you're watching a game, it's Duke Carolina, right? Everybody watches Duke Carolina. So you sit down to watch it. You don't really have any feelings for Duke, but you know you don't like this guy. And the team that makes the guy you hate look silly 
if that happens, even mm-hmm. though it didn't happen sadly that much during the Hansborough era, right. if, in theory, when that happens, it makes you go like, oh, I kind of, I kind of like that. Like they were really good. You mm-hmm. you pay attention and you notice, and then it makes you notice them more. For me, that was um, that was Dwayne Wade and the mm-hmm. Miami Heat because I was not a big Dirk fan. So you and end I up liking no Dwayne Wade. So you end up liking Dwayne Wade in to spite D- Dirk Nowitzki. I ended up liking Dwayne Wade because while I was watching that series, and I, I hated Dirk's behavior. I hated it. Dwayne Wade was playing so well that I that I took notice to something that even when he was at Marquette, you know, I didn't really. And he played well at Marquette too, but I never like sat there and thought like, "Wow, this guy is one of the best players in the game" when he was at Marquette. But then when he played so well in the finals, it made me go like, "Wow, like this dude." Is the real fucking deal. He's insanely yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And I went out and bought uh, some of those uh, Dwayne Wade shoes afterwards. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I did it. Now, I'm actually, so proud. For, for the record, now I supported you and bought the shoes out of love. Uh, yes, he did. That that that's cool. I, I hate that. It was not. It was not a great choice. But you know. Nah, you know what? Nah, Russell. Nah, Russ. Fuck that. That's a good choice because uh, I, I'm tired of people having to be ashamed to be a fucking fan. Because liking shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you actually genuinely get joy in your heart when you see something and you you went and supported it. You motherfucker. What? You're not jaded like the rest of us. Like, nah, that's cool, man. Secondly, yeah, but I regret it now because I don't like Dwayne Wade that much anymore. Oh yeah. Well, he got you. You was a sucker, but. But secondly, yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing about that is I think you just define why people because uh, I think that represents a lot of people in sports now. I think it's kind of more of a hate culture than a love culture. Now. Yes, it is. No doubt. Which and, turns um, me off. I think that's why people like hearing me talk about sports so much because I can't relate to that shit. Like yeah, it's just it's just it's just it. not in me. Like it's not even on some like I'm better than you shit. But when I hear people talk like that, I feel like they're talking crazy. But now, the more I think about it, I'm probably the one that sounds crazy. So people just like hearing me like, yeah, man, I like LeBron James because motherfuckers hate him now. And it's like, but that's the opposite of everyone. It's like, right. like it's like I just want to feel like when I was uh, sitting down with my dad watching NBC uh, Sunday basketball, like that's the good feeling. I like I don't know. Maybe everybody else's dad was drinking and cussing at the TV. My dad was like, you know, we was having a good time. No, I don't think I don't think you're wrong. I think that what happens is that at a young age, it's so much easier to hate when you're in like middle school and high school mm-hmm. because you're already like naturally like so back and forth on so many things just in life that your sports allegiances and the players that you see or whatever, it's easy to to either really like them or really hate them right away. Mm-hmm. And so then when you become an adult, you you somewhere in there make a choice, uh, either knowingly or unknowingly. You either make the choice to just like sort of appreciate the game, let that hate go for the most part, and uh, spend more time liking things, or you choose to go the other way and you just let the hate just like fill your heart, right? You know, and Which you I just seep in, you know, a stew of hatred. And so, <laughs> now like, I, I do have hate for the record. It's just not on um, players or the game. Yeah, it's pretty much. Ex- exclusively 
uh pointed towards the rivals the, of teams you like uh, no not even that. hypocrisy of fans is pretty much the only thing that moves me these days like literally you could walk in my house in a duke jersey and every time duke hits a bucket run around my house in my living room and be like oh in your face motherfucker and i'll just be like yeah okay like it's just uh basketball I doubt that no I'm, I'm dead serious my dad's a duke fan and so this so happens, it's happened yeah when duke yeah this is nothing okay so you're used to it yeah it's yeah. nothing to me this is nothing to me. like most people aren't used to that yeah so I was, yeah, we went to we used to go to sports bars and everything so yeah yeah like i remember when uh quentin uh T- quentin thomas was there and uh i remember being oh. uh doing the quint tangibles uh running around oh, the bar and nuts and uh all the duke fans in there getting mad at me and shit but i was like dude this dude is never gonna do anything else with his life nope other than these like five games he got to start i'm and you know even my own carolina fans were like man why are you cheering man wait till ty gets back or what or maybe it was felton man whoever it was it's like wait till they get back man this i was like dude no fuck that like let's root for this college kid this motherfucker ain't gonna be here in in a year nope so let's just have some fun, man. And, and he actually did play uh decently and um <laughs> and, and 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 he did start yeah. doing quintangible shit like dribbling the ball off his foot oh, yeah. into a bounce pass yep. to Tyler Harrisborough wide open under the basket. And I'll be like, see, he meant to do that. That's that quintangibles. And that was much more fun than being like, fuck my team, I don't like this guy, or fuck this team, you know, they're my rival. I, I don't know. It's, I like the fun of sports, man. But uh, I don't yeah. know, man. I'm, uh, when it comes to Duke Carolina, like uh, maybe maybe Duke and Carolina fans are more exposed to their rivals than other places because of the geographical proximity. Yeah, you know, like uh, so maybe uh, I'm definitely used to having gone while I was at Duke. You know, uh, in bars, sitting there, and half the bar is Duke fans and half the bar is UNC fans. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I distinctly remember those things. Uh, it never cooled my hatred for UNC, but now I I can be a bit more objective about it. Do you like miss I, it? I can no longer be I can no longer just be blind about it. I can sit and assess a North Carolina game, and I'll be sitting there seething because they're winning. Mm. But I can sit and appreciate and say, you know what, that guy. Well, I can't really say it this year, but right. normally I can say that guy is a yeah, good I was gonna player. Say. No, not this <laughs> year. Yeah. I was like, uh, no, I caught a couple. Uh, there's no that guy on this team. No. But, um, it's who those guys? Yeah, right. But who are those guys? But, um, <laughs> the other, the other thing too, man, is, um, now that you're, you know, away from the state, is there a lessening, uh, just because you're not around people like, that are going to annoy you. I know you can kind of find a fix on the internet, but it's not the same hatred that I think you can derive from like knowing that when you go to the bar or uh, go to work, there's some, some asshole who's going to talk shit about your team. Well, it's, you are right that it's less, uh, that there's less uh, out and out hatred, uh, especially out here. Uh, Californians, Californians kind of like Duke. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they 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 strangely like Duke out here. I, I haven't seen nearly as much UNC stuff as I've seen Duke stuff. Yeah. Uh, most of the East Coast, uh, as you know, hates Duke. Yeah, yeah. Except for like New you know, Jersey and uh, like. So so Durham. I never found a shortage even when I wasn't ah! around Carolina fans. Mm-hmm. People always hated Duke. In fact, I won a lot of money 
the year that uh, Duke won the championship, because normally in my brackets, I would never pick Duke to win it all because I thought it was a jinx. I just mm-hmm. thought it was a, a horrible-ass jinx. I never wanted to do it. But I felt good about that team with Shire and Nolan and Zubek and them. And I was going uh, and I was teaching at a school where everybody at the school was essentially a Maryland alumni. Oh, yeah. And I have no problem with Maryland. They no, no, but they got a problem with you, and they got a problem with us. Like they, they got definitely got some problems. Problem. So the they other were all way. saying that Duke was going to go out first or second round. So I just knew that if Duke even made it to the last game, I would probably win the brackets right. <laughs> because everybody had Duke going out early. I picked Duke going all the way. They went all the way. I won a shitload of money, and I went around to every single faculty lounge, and I held up the money and walked around, <laughs> you know, very slowly, you know, very princely, you know. So, so it I, it never really wears off the gloating for my own team. Right. Uh, I, the hatred for UNC is is more difficult when you're farther away, but with social media being so simple to access. Uh, the way that it is, and with so many people still such vocal Duke haters, it's yeah. it's so easy to uh, to just throw back some sort of snide remark. Really, college basketball is the only sport I do that for. Uh, none of my other sports that I like do I engage in anything like that whatsoever. Yeah, I like um, uh, I like seeing it on. Uh, I, I don't even do it anymore because I'm just this is not the same. But uh, I, when I first got on Twitter. Uh, I did like, uh, making jokes about black people who went to Duke. Uh, not even because they're, uh, the most hilarious jokes, but just to see who gets mad and who doesn't. Like, cause I just, I just like to see people be like, no, man, you can go to Duke and do such and such. And I'm like, of course you can, motherfucker. It's just a, it's, it's just, just a, a joke. joke. Like, this, have you seen my timeline? It's full of these dumbass jokes. But, um, I always like trolling black people that, that went to Duke, uh, just out of some pure, like, uh, bringing up the old racial, like, uh, stereotypes of, of selling out and all this shit. I like this to poke at him. Yeah, but it's always, and it's never like direct racial shit. It's always like, yo, man, I, my boy went to Duke. He's black. Um, and I've seen him kick a homeless man and take $5 from him. I don't know what that was about. Never. <laughs> That's not true, man. That didn't happen. I'm like, it's just, look, <laughs> the game is coming on the hour. I just want to talk some shit. But I even stopped that because I just don't, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm supposed to have more hate than I do. But I respect the shit out of uh, Coach K. Like, I think he's the best college too. coach. I've ever seen. Yes, sir. Um, and I in think my they, lifetime. Yeah, I think they run a great program. Um, I think they. Uh, I even like the kind of kids they get. Like as corny and goofy as they are, uh, those are quote unquote good kids. You know what I mean? So, uh, not that anyone necessarily is ba- a bad kid in college, but just they just recruit like these. They recruit like kids that my that could live in my neighborhood when i was growing up or or shit like that or right. kids that like were about something and trying to like had had uh people in their lives that were trying to direct them in the right directions and shit now um and even and like i said even with the uh the culture for their sports and the fans being so uh you know ridiculous over the top even that is cool because it's in, indicative of what you know college experience should be. It should be fun and all that. So I don't know. I have a hard time hating them. I feel like I'm supposed to. So I I have the prerequisite hate that is required of me. But I don't know, man. I don't go out of my way to be like I don't watch. Like I used to watch Duke games 
when they weren't playing us just to be like, I hope these motherfuckers lose or I'm looking for a weakness <laughs> in the game. Now I'm just like, uh, Duke's on up by 20. All right, let me see what else. Yeah, is going. go on to something else. And to me, I think, um, I understand that people, you know, have the hatred, but the problem I have is, uh, for a lot of people, sometimes I think they take it too far on social media. And the reason why I say that, like, if a kid, we talked about this, how, uh, when kids like choose school. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot or, of dudes or, or, are into that. Or either if like a kid like fucks up in a national game, people will just pound their Facebook yeah. and pound. I was like, do you not understand these kids like 17, 18, 19 years yeah, old? Yeah, a kid gets caught like smoking oh, weed. No yeah. And they're like, oh, he got kicked off the team for smoking weed. And you're like, and it's I'm like, this too far. You know how much weed you probably smoked in college? Like, how the yes. fuck you gonna judge another 17 year old for smoking weed right. or whatever the fuck? Like, the fuck out of here, man. They're still human beings. Yes, they just they happen are. to be really good at a sport and able to subsidize the rest of you motherfuckers education. Yeah, I don't mind through anger, <laughs> playing but, sports. But I think that that that, that part of the aspect of the social media okay y'all have gone way too far yeah um russell i have duke hasn't duke hasn't had a good uh smug talented white person in a while it's been a second man yeah it has like Like, even definitely not since jj i mean you could you could count singular but i don't even think singular was as uh he didn't really capture that yeah he don't count he don't asshole white kid thing he don't count um shire doesn't count nope um it's been a while man like it used to be like i like uh jj reddick made them more hateable <laughs> like yes. it, like they just don't have that anymore man i i actually i couldn't find it but i remember one time i wrote the uh top 10 most hated white players in basketball history and uh i think near the top of my list like my top three was it was like something like four out of the top Three of the top four were Duke players. It was something like <laughs> Christian Leitner. Oh yeah, he on that list. Um, uh, Reddick. I think be number one. I think Reddick was actually number one because uh, Leitner, when you watched him, I think was so much more. It, it was he was less of a to borrow a word from Hot Five Star. He's less of a size. Like Leitner was a real deal. Like you look at his stat line after a game, it was like ten for ten. Eight for ten, eight for eight Dude, for twelve. Reddick, Reddick was the real deal too. People well, Reddick because he Reddick he, he always flamed out. That right. was the problem Reddick, with him. Reddick's thing was it felt more like a Coach K favoritism deal, where like oh, Coach man. K Coach oh, K actually man. had him. Listen to listen before you before hear me out. Okay, okay, I'll give you a chance and then I'll rebut. Right, Coach K was typically not the kind of dude that would just let someone jack like that. Uh, from from that far behind the three point line consistently for an entire year, like he was the first dude that I really was like, yo, if JJ want to shoot it thirty times a night, he could. Like he's and I'm not saying that he's not good, but then when they got to later in the season, he started missing. It was like, well, shit. I mean, is anyone in the condition to shoot that much in the ACC through and in the tournament throughout their career, like? I actually never really was like JJ Reddick choked. I was just like anyone runs out of stamina that fucking far into the year. But I think Coach K just really liked that dude. So I think he was more of a easier dude to hate, like because it was it was more like well he doesn't deserve the shine. Like Christian Leitner won a championship and played really good in the tournament, whereas you could feel more like oh no this guy's just getting by on. uh uh, uh, on the favoritism of Coach K, and, and that's why I hate him more than I hate Christian Leitner. But go go ahead. All right, I I do agree with I, I agree with most of that because K went through that phase, uh, especially 
post Luol, like right around that Luol thing, Sean Livingston mm-hmm. thing, uh, he went through that phase where he felt where he felt burned. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, that might have been that might have been during JJ probably. So, uh, but I think it probably was right before JJ's senior year. Uh, senior year was especially where the offense was get the ball to JJ. Sheldon get the offensive rebound, put it back. I agree that those years and then the beginning of like the Paulus era, by far the weakest uh, coaching jobs that I ever saw Cade do. Yeah. Um, that being said. I have not seen a player um, as dominant uh, in the ACC as J.J. Redick. Um, I think you'd have to go back probably to... uh, I would go back even before Chris Paul. I'd go back to Tim Duncan. Mm. Because uh, J.J., he made those shots. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. It's one thing to just like chuck and be like a terrible chucker. And it's another thing to make an insane amount of them to uh, progress the way that J.J. did. He was actually able to create a little bit his senior year. People don't remember that. Uh, you know, his defense kept getting better. People don't remember that. And uh, you could see how hard he was working. I was there during the J.J. era. Mm-hmm. And J.J., like, you know how ball players go out and party? You know, ball players go out and party. They play beer pong. You know, they pick up chicks, whatever. J.J. didn't do any of that shit. He, he has a kobe-like work ethic where he just spends his time in the gym and he spends his time shooting and he spends his time working out getting in shape and it, and it shows in his game and it showed in his game throughout the pros because he keeps he gets exponentially better every year uh i think that jj's accomplishments in the acc considering especially considering his physique and especially considering uh you know the uh, one or two of the rosters that he was on while he was on the team uh were simply phenomenal, unprecedented. I've never seen I've never seen a motherfucker take so many fucking threes with like two or three guys on him. Yeah. And to make them like uh, big men and that's uh, that almost makes like Tim Duncan even like well Tim Duncan was just a better big man than everybody else. He was bigger, he was stronger, he was more skilled. Like mm-hmm. obviously he's going to be dominant. You know, brand, he's going to be dominant. Like mm-hmm. guard dominance is so much rarer. Yeah, you know, but and certain I, and I really defense, wish I really mm. wish Kyrie would have been healthy so that we could have seen yeah, what he was going to bring sick. to the table as well. Now, now but, there's a thing about JJ too though. Um, I've seen Jack Emanuel getting his getting his grill too and kind of fuck him up a little bit. Like, um, but I just don't think every team had a dude you could have like, hey man, you just gotta run with JJ all day. I'm sorry, you're not getting any shots. Um, don't even like fucking come towards the ball. This is what you get to do. Like, I don't know that everyone had that, but then uh, I just gotta they didn't say that they put two guys on him routinely. Every game, every team in the ACC would put two guys. You still, but you, but I, I I still say Jack Emanuel handle him uh, better than most. Fucked him up in the second game of the year, yeah, probably. But better than most, better than most. I'm not even. See, I don't think you can shut down JJ Reddick like that. I don't think he's gonna have like six points. I think he's one of those dudes that's gonna keep shooting, and Coach K is gonna keep letting him shoot. So you just gotta hope for the percentage wise. Six four, relatively unathletic white guards can we say that about not many man not many at Mark all Rice, i can't you know? think of another one <laughs> yeah well, okay then let's say none let's say none uh i still the think shooting guard i've ever seen in 
the NCAA. Okay. Like I can't think of a I can't think of a better one who and and it helps because he we saw him over four years. Right. Obviously, people like Dwayne Wade are clearly better, more NBA appropriate players. Uh, you know, obviously, players have accomplished more in the finals in the playoffs, which is extremely important. But in terms of just their sheer fucking dominance, mm-hmm. every game for an entire season up until like three games before the end of the season, mm-hmm. yeah, he was insane. Yeah, I agree. Uh, only dude I have over him is Tyler Hansbrough. Um, the all-time leading scorer for the ACC. So other than that, I think he was the most dominant. Um, cause the other thing with Tyler Hansbrough is he's gonna give you some rebounds and shit like that. Uh, that count too. And then he's gonna get all those, uh, weak ass charge calls on other teams by like the half court line. Uh, once he added that shit to his ah! line, when he added that one to his he game, was that was the all-time making him mad, like, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh yes, that he would be angry. That was mad. I was, I was mad. I did when, when, the, when they won the championship, I did a stand up set uh, in <laughs> Chapel Hill. And my and my big stand up set I did a whole bit about how Tyler Hansborough uh and was not gonna win a championship and uh you know because uh, it was a bunch of uh it was a bunch of goofy white guys who traveled and took charges and uh you know, if they if they were on Duke, they would have won because that sounds like the quintessential Duke player. But right. there's too much there's too much Duke in Tyler Hansborough to be successful on UNC. It was like something like this, and it kind of killed at the time. But then I really felt like shit when they won the championship. Yeah, it was one of, <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite uh, memories of Tyler Hansborough is when he started taking the charges, and then the look on Duke fans' faces as they realized like that's our shit. That's our shit. That's like, right. Like, what the fuck is he doing? That's not what you do. That's, that's the Duke <laughs> oh, shit. The man. white boy stomp. Everybody yes. will always remember ah! the stomp. Dude, remember when he hit that shot against Clemson? <laughs> he, it's a fucking, it's an ACC tournament, and they and won the, the game. It's so, yep. And it was so ridiculously goofy. Like, nothing cool about it at all. We were in a bar when that happened. And it was like it went like it went from everyone's like utter shock and disbelief, like oh my god, he hit the shot, to like uproarious laughter as soon as like, <laughs> like everybody's like they're like yeah oh <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like oh shit, we what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> no, oh we was all doing the stomp. It was fun, man. That, that shit was fun. I'm trying to think of anything. Whiter that I've ever seen in basketball <laughs> history. That's, that's one of the all-timers, dude. Even that's the all-time white moment right there. Even I mean, like, uh, the Henderson elbow, like uh, scuffle that everybody was like, "Oh, he, he, if he could have got to Henderson, no, he wasn't gonna fight Gerald Henderson." That motherfucker was trying to get to the free throw line to shoot free throws with a broken fucking nose. Like, he's a psycho, dude. Like, oh, man. I enjoyed rooting for that weirdo so fucking much, man. Like, he had a... I think his psycho status was played up, too, because, uh, you know, in Chapel Hill, again, that was, like, totally my era while I was there. Mm -hmm. You could routinely go and find Hansborough, like, going and getting, like, a nice pedicure. Or, (laughs) you know, like, uh, you know, he he wasn't a dude who, like, kept to himself for anything he was he was a normal like you know preppy white guy bro he yeah. just had like bug ass eyes and right. he played goofy yeah they would hit him with that psycho ah. t i didn't mean psycho like psycho t i mean in that moment that is psychotic 
not someone, a, not a literal psycho. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Someone breaks your nose. I've seen people get their nose broken. Never have I seen you go. Let me get this free throw off first because oh no, fuck that, man. Your nose is bleeding down your face. Yes, it is. You need to be looked at, sir. And he was just like, I just need to get to this free throw line. Get off of me. And people are holding him back like he's gonna fight him. He's like, get off of me so I can shoot this free throw. It's like the fuck is wrong with you? You're supposed to yeah, want to fight. I think he grew up in some. I think somebody showed him in high school or whatever that uh. I think it was Bobby Hurley who famously, like, wasn't it in, like, the UNLV game? He caught, like, that super hardcore, yeah. uh, like, what game did he have the super bloody face, Bobby Hurley? That might, I don't know if that was UNLV. I don't know that if it might. was UNLV, but I remember Hurley playing with that bloody, like, horrible face. Because that was, uh, when did, when did Magic come out with the AIDS? <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a AIDS. <laughs> When did he drop that A's? Uh, let me check. The, the A's song? Let me see. When did Magic come out with A's? Let me put that in the Google. When did he drop that bomb? <laughs> he, he dropped that, that single? <laughs> new shit, new shit. A's. <laughs> I know. Remix. Yeah, he had that. Uh, 1991 is when he attained the HIV virus. Is when he dropped the A's? Yeah. So, now it's 2012. So is that when he attained it or is that when he, that when he announced it? Announced that he had, that he had attained it. Mm-hmm. What What month? Uh, it's, I think that was June. It just said. Let me go back. Uh, yeah, I was no, it was November eighth, nineteen ninety one. Because people could play a little bloodier before the AIDS. Show. Oh, okay. I see what okay. you mean. So it had to be before that. I like that. That's yeah. your divining line. That's that's uh, that's awesome. But that's the truth. Then after though. that, people were like, "No, if you've if you've got if you've got blood, you're not touching anybody. You have yeah. to get it stitched up. You have to whatever." But it used to be, you know, if you if you had like some blood on your elbow or whatever, like yeah, they want you to get cleaned up. But if you're bleeding during the game, play on, man. It's fair yeah. game. Blood is part of the sport. I really like that. Um, it took that for people to be like, "Hey, man, it's probably not a good idea to be bleeding on each other, right?" <laughs> like yeah yeah it's probably not a good idea this is probably it used to be just gross but right. then it was like oh or or maybe it could kill you right it's like hey. oh this <laughs> um all right man um I, I have a couple more questions before we get into this oscar shit man um we only got him to seven y'all i know people are having a good time and shit but uh we'll do guests the race after uh rest gets out probably um how do you know uh bob from hat fire starter man uh, I I just know him from the internet, man. Okay, so like I just uh, know him from the message boards and stuff. Uh, he was he was uh, trolling for Duke. I was trolling for Duke. Uh, you know, he was like the only other dude that was pro Duke. Most most of the <laughs> this is oh my god, this is gonna be such like a make a mad comment right here. Mm-hmm. Most people that like went to Duke that are super passionate about Duke like aren't on message boards. You know, they're right. they're off like you know uh, working the stock market and shit. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, I agree, yeah. man. This is why That's I don't go to. Uh, whereas, this- whereas, like, so many UNC people, or so many, not even UNC people, just people who fucking hate Duke, right. are online mm-hmm. all the time. So, Ba was literally the only pro Duke person that I that that I encountered, and he was, and he was funny as shit. I was like, thank God, I got this fucking hilarious dude, you know, on my side here. We mm-hmm. uh, we called ourselves uh. For a while, uh, so he had the butane bliminals, mm-hmm. uh, and so we were the butane bliminals symphony, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I had a good little like logo for it. There was like a black guy blowing a horn and a white guy blowing a horn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was good. 
and uh, yeah, we just uh, making people mad about uh, Duke for even an embarrassingly long amount of time now. I mean, it's, well, that's uh, it's why that like, I think you're right about the whole message board thing. Like, that's why I do not go to farms and shit because NC State fans will fucking try to argue your ass out, man. Like, I just I'd rather stay out of Walmart, man. Just go ahead and keep. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even encounter. I don't even know where state people are anymore. Like they, they probably, you know, you start shopping at Whole Foods. You start shopping (laughs) at Whole Foods. They're like, hey, uh, hey, why doesn't my IBM work anymore? (laughs) Yeah, I I shop at a Fresh Market now, so I don't see any NC State fans. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, all right, man. So, um, another thing too, man, I had to ask you about back to the podcasting. How'd you start the podcast? Like, what was the impetus for? saying i need to get my opinion out there and i I need to get my friends like how do you assemble your crew and how do you decide to start it man you know uh that's that's really funny because uh i had no impetus at all uh i had been doing the blogging i uh had a website with my friends in high school uh, where we did movie reviews, and then I just started uh, in college because uh, I was uh, doing a lot of uh, film crit uh, in college and in grad school. And so uh, I've been doing that for a while. But in terms of the uh, podcast, uh, so I used the message boards over on OK Player, and somebody over there said, hey, thinking about doing a podcast. Who wants in? I was like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> so i just like shrugged my shoulders and i was like sure i support this venture like i'm the moderator of the, the like movie board over there so okay. i was like you know what i support this venture uh sign me up i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a guest right and that's how um that's how i met Layton as well who's uh one of my co-hosts of the uh the new show so uh he and myself and uh lamont who was uh the host of this first podcast we did that show for like a year and i just remember thinking uh that uh there were things about it that i wasn't enormously pleased with Mm -hmm. uh the uh, initial host i didn't have any problem with him but he clearly had problems with me that was like you know what's crazy i just talked to someone else that had the same issue with their yeah. show where like they kind of came together through the internet and all this stuff and it's just like you get into doing these shows and you're like i think this motherfucker hates me like how do you get past that you know oh yeah and and, and he aired it out in the middle of an episode <laughs> what oh, oh shit it was bananas it was so crazy i mean i wow. tried to take the high but anyway that 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 that's water under the bridge all right the well, is, well, what's I was, the- I was having some creative issues with it as well uh things that i wanted to do differently than when i that when i brought them up like to the group layton was agreeing with me and the other guy was kind of like nah the show is good how it is mm-hmm. but i think he started to sense that the tide was changing and so he said you know what uh i'm out sort of very abruptly sort of abruptly took all of our old shows off of iTunes, off of, uh, you know, our Facebook page, you know, it all got deleted very, very quickly. What? Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty insane. Uh, and so, uh, I asked Leighton, I was like, Leighton, let's, let's do our own thing. And actually, Leighton and I had been talking while we were doing the old one about doing like an addition to the podcast. We were going to do our own little like web show or whatever. And, and that never took off because that's way more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah and so then Shira uh, our other uh co-host who uh 
I totally love. She is just a, a super hilarious uh, improv comic that I was a huge fan of on Twitter, and I happened to meet her while I was in New York, uh, and I was hanging out with Leighton. We told her about the show. Leighton was super drunk. I think Shira was uh, sort of charmed by us, I suppose, and uh, we started having her on just like once every few weeks. That was one of the first things, that was one of my big problems about the old podcast. It's easy when it's an all-dude podcast for things to start to get uh, first slightly misogynistic, and then for mm-hmm. things to get like weirdly misogynistic. Yes, I agree, man. It's one of the reasons that uh, when we started, I Karen, when, we, when I was gonna like, hey, let's, let's do a podcast. She's like, well, you know, if you need to replace me or if you don't want to, yeah, I was do it like, with I'll me. be a producer, and I was like, no, I absolutely. <laughs> I need you because there's some lines and shit that uh, either they're only okay, in my opinion, kind of when someone's co-signing it or someone is there to to get the joke. You know what I mean? Like, right. And then there's also some lines where it's just like you wouldn't say that if that kind of person was there. And for a lot of dudes, uh, it can a lot of dudes, a lot of shows I listen to, they cross that line where it's just like, yeah, this is just like locker room guy talk now. This isn't really, right. you know, an opinion. That was my that was my number one biggest problem with the old one. Like the image for the show was like a girl in a bikini, which I thought was weird and had mm. nothing to do with movies. Oh. And uh, <laughs> you know, like if if there's a girl on the show and, like, say you're talking about the TV show V and somebody goes, like, I'd like to see uh, that main chick's V, am I right? Mm-hmm. And and you say that, but there's a girl on the show going, like, I want to see it, too. Like, then it becomes so much more acceptable than if it's just, like, three right. guys creepily talking about right. <laughs> alien vagina. Also, you know, like even if she and also even if she objects, it's still better than having no one there like it's still even like, if she's like she's that's stupid yeah so i mean like uh we immediately wanted to start getting female guests we wanted female listeners <laughs> so you need female guests you know like not many girls are gonna frequently listen if you're not talking uh about a woman perspective uh mm-hmm. or having women on to talk about their perspective you know even better than the than the former and- so um th- so that's how we all got together it was never something that i felt like i needed to do or even that i like wanted to do right away yeah but um it was something that uh people started giving feedback and people liked it you know um if you haven't noticed i talk a lot yeah i noticed I, oh no oh oh, oh, oh you could i listen to i listen to your podcast enough and uh it, it actually works for our show because um we will talk right the fuck over you, so we like people that right. talk to talk a lot. And like I'd rather you talk too much than too little. And I do have a question for you: Have you ever um, had an instance where you started when you had like a female guest on there? People kind of criticize maybe you're catering too much to females. Uh, no, because Shira uh, Shira is very much of sort of the boys' club kind of humor. Okay, you know she uh. She, uh, if we if we talk about like say like some girl's got a great ass or whatever, then she will freely talk about how awesome Michael Fassbender's dick is. Right. You know, like not not as like a rebuttal, but just like you know, if if we're talking about Prometheus, she's gonna be like, oh, you know, uh, I'd like to mount that spacecraft if you right. know, or like whatever, you know, like she, 
it will probably be uh from listening i would like to quit Shira real quick um from listening to the show the joke will be better than that people so don't let that stop yeah, you yeah, I would hope so. from listening to the show <laughs> russell just made that up off the top of his head uh she's it's, actually it's usually far more uh vile and profane <laughs> yeah. when it comes to <laughs> and clever and clever yeah <laughs> so so no i don't think that uh i don't think that ends up being too much of a problem and even we've had shows with multiple girl guests before and i I actually find it enormously refreshing you don't find a lot of girls that talk at length about movies also like our subject matter tends to lend itself to to boys club now she is is she an official member as of this latest podcast because i saw that in the in the the details for the show i think it was like as of now official member shira so i don't know if she was like uh, just like a guest star. <laughs> yeah, she was a guest star, and now she's full time. Or was she's, has she been full time for a long time? Yeah, she's been full time for a while now. Uh, she she misses, uh, you know, maybe once every like two months or so. Uh, but no, she's definitely an official part going forward. We have uh, what about Rob? Because I like Rob a lot. He's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, uh, Rob's actually moving out to L.A. I'm gonna see him this week. Um, we, uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna have our favorite guests from last year, but we're committed to a lot of things mm-hmm. this year in hopes of improving the show, uh, getting uh, far more like seasoned talkers, you know, uh, either improv artists or or professional comedians, mm-hmm. you know, to come on to the show and talk to us so that we don't so that we dodge that awkwardness. We're going to try and work on our own problems. I'm going to try to delegate more uh, you know, host type of stuff over to Layton, over to Shira so that it's not just me talking a mile a minute all the time, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, you I, could, I really want I, I wanted I want the scale to tip. Well, yeah, it's, 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 I think it's difficult too when you're doing it live. You gotta, and, uh, I don't know how, you know, how much you study your own hosting and shit, but I study mine. So it's like, you know, it's difficult when you're in a, you know, oh, like yeah. in my head right now, I'm like all this whole show, I've been like, well, uh, Karen's got to say something and then uh, I got to <laughs> let Russell go. And then, uh, this, you know, how uh, am I going to get to the next question? It's a lot more difficult than people think, man. But, uh, yeah, I like Rob a lot, man. And Layton seems so laid back on the show. Like he just, it's kind of like I'll forget he's there, and then you'll be like, "Yeah, so what'd you think, Layton?" And he'll just be like, "It was good." I'm like, okay. <laughs> he's, he's like that in real life. What I love about Layton is he will drop one hilarious, like low key line in there, like every episode. And if you catch it, then it's just a gem that you can put in your pocket and save for a rainy day. And if you don't, then it's then it's your loss because like Layton will every episode without fail try to be funny at least once and it and he will totally nail it and absolutely stick the landing yeah. uh he's he's a great i like great when co-host. he i also like when he has a a line that he just wants to get in and he's been waiting and it'll be like <laughs> you, you guys will be doing like the uh the the greatest movie or wait no not great funniest movie uh segment where it's like people tweeting about the funniest movie ever or something and he'll just have one joke for one person who responded to funniest movie ever and like right. every once in a while you'll kind of because it's like a long ass list and you'll be like uh yeah this guy says uh uh you know um truth or consequences is the funniest movie ever and then this guy said and he'll be like wait wait, wait hold up go truth the consequences who said that it's like so and so said that 
okay yeah well this thing it's just like oh man he had to get that line in there like he waited like you know like 10 this. minutes to get the one line like yep i got something for that patiently waiting all right man um what uh i wanted to ask real quick are there any other guests that uh that you really like hearing on the show oh of course you yeah. know the firestarter boys man uh tone and ba um, oh yeah we'll definitely have them back uh the same the whole crew that you guys had for uh the dark knight even um mm-hmm. I, I oh god why am i forgetting the name i was on their podcast son of a bitch um but uh yeah they do the podcast get out the room um and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're an okay player too uh but yeah I, I i was on their show and i'm forgetting the one dude's name but he's hilarious and uh he was the one that brought up the color of the bridges in the dark night now i I will confess when i don't agree with y'all i'm furious when i listen to your show like <laughs> like it's good that i can't talk to y'all live there like it's just it's my it's i think tough. it's is why i have it's like why we have a movie podcast is because I needed something to get out. I'd rather you be mad at my opinion than me be mad at yours and not have an outlet. So it's just like, like I could literally write your show every week and be like, motherfucker, nah, hold up. Like literally (laughs) every week, dude. Like there was a a point uh, where you guys are doing a Django review and I was mad. I was mad at you for not being comfortable with racism. I was like, but I, okay, they said the N word a lot, but Russell, come on now, it's just a word. Just like, but then like in real life, I'm like, I'm rooting against myself. Why the fuck would I want anybody to be more comfortable with racism? It's so ridiculous. I was like, in my desk, mad as shit. I was just like, Rod, calm down. This is a fucking stupid argument. If he wasn't comfortable with the word, he's not comfortable with the word. It's just too much. But anyway, and to be man. fair, I I had no problem with it in many instances. It was just the instances in which I, I thought Tarantino was using it, like, as the punchline. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there were, there were a couple of specific jokes that then, like, that those moments then made me feel weird. Like, obviously, it, it has to be used a lot. That right. obviously goes without saying. But, you know, there were just, like, a couple of moments where he was clearly doing it, like, to be funny. Yeah. I, did, I agree. I mean, I just... Uh, it's kind of like when I listen Those to me. when I listen to Firestarter and they don't like it or they don't like certain things about it. I don't really have an argument. I just like I see the logic. I just I just liked it. It just worked. Those things work. Like the things that did not work for them, I liked more. Like yeah. oh good, they're using it more. And this time it's the punchline. Like I I mean niggas my favorite word. We're just not saying it a lot today because you're a white guest. But it's you know and that, <laughs> it's like natural conversation. Like if it's like when you have a white person in your house, you don't like I'm not one of those people that like go out the way to be like say nigga you want something to drink. Like it's just not my thing. But in general, <laughs> but in general, like it's one of my favorite words to use and i try to use it in appropriate places but every once in a while i like to use it just in the most absurd place possible because to me the absurdity of it is also ridiculous mm-hmm. so that was i thought he was going for that and for me it worked right. and um for my audience it appeared to work uh and uh it's very is 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 it's actually been more interesting listening to people's take on the movie than the movie was like at this yes. point even people who that. don't like the movie have made the movie more of a cultural thing than it is a good movie. It doesn't even matter if it was a good movie anymore. The conversations are really good. Um, I totally agree with that. I think that people blew a lot of it out of proportion. Uh, between the between the two crews, the one crew that says, uh, you know, oh, it's just a movie, like, you don't need to, like, 
think about sort of the uh, the moral versus amoral value of slavery or the n-word or whatever is with a white whiter writer director you don't mm-hmm. even think about it just shut up it's just a movie versus <clears throat> the crew that says you know uh, to treat slavery in an amoral fashion in a stylized quote-unquote cool film mm-hmm. is you know disgraceful and blah 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 like i fell almost squarely like in the middle where i thought while watching it like Oh, I get it. Like it's a, it's a cartoon. It's it's violent. It's stylized. It's cool. Uh, I can see why this group. I can see why people might be like, somewhat upset. I can definitely see why people would enjoy it. But I didn't get like the extremity. But that's that's just yeah Tarantino for you. I mean, like I've seen way more people that love it than hate it. And uh, yeah, uh, I talked to I a mean, lot of that's crazy the, critic people. That's the thing is, um, for me. It was a movie that, uh, in the craziest way to say it, is it felt like a post-racial movie in my theater, which is, you know, good amount of white people, good amount of black people, everyone laughing at the same shit. And that just, when you're talking about race, that doesn't happen. Ask any comedian. It's just rare that motherfuckers are acknowledging, like, I'm just having a good time laughing and I'm not looking at these white people to see if they're laughing at my shit and they're not looking at me to see if it's okay to laugh. We're just enjoying. We're just having a good time mm-hmm. for two hours and 45 minutes, which is pretty rare, man. Pretty fucking rare. I, I didn't think that would happen. definitely what he, what he went for. So Yeah. You not know. saying he's getting it with everybody, but he got that shit in my theater and nothing can change that. Nope. But, um, anyway, man, um, what did, what did you think about the whole slave action figures thing? Are y'all, have y'all talked about that on the show yet or are you going to talk about it? Uh, next time we haven't you know uh i definitely think that that is uh i think that that's a super slippery slope Mm. and uh you know uh, again that deals with a certain kind of use of slavery and a certain kind of use uh of oh obviously the n-word is involved with that but it, it does kind of go back to okay, this is using this to be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's part of this thing that is supposed to be cool and awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it, it's it's troublesome. I absolutely understand the argument against it, and I think that the argument for it, I, I think that you have to be, like, a little bit flip to be on the side of, I don't even understand why people are mad about this. Right. Like, I think you have to be, like, a little flip to take it that far. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm very, but, I'm very flipped in because fuck those people. Uh, those things, <laughs> those fucking dolls. First of all, collectible items and they're for people, adults. Yeah, people keep saying they're dolls and, they're and not, shit. They're not fucking dolls. No. They're actually movie memorabilia. And yes. no, like I, I heard someone today going like, uh, matter of fact, oh, it was Firestar. They were like, yeah, uh, you know, kids gonna be playing with slave dolls. It's like, oh. no, that's actually not what the fuck people are gonna do with those. You can't go to Toys R Us and buy some rated R movie Django slave dolls. You just fucking can't. Also, they didn't do the Mandingo dude, so it's not really just the negative shit is Django, Candy, uh, uh, Simon. Um, and then more uh, collectible items, right? Yeah, you, if those things come out of the fucking box, it's, it's, it must be someone like about to take pictures and put it on YouTube or do something funny with them because mm. 
they're not they're not for that it's kind of like when uh he had because he's done this before with his movies uh had collectibles for him and it's it's like kill bill too didn't he yeah i know kill bill was one but there's another movie i'm thinking of too he had he had had the uh the nazi from inglorious bastards yeah uh, didn't he have did he have pulp fiction figure but figure figurine action figure is a misleading term because it yeah. assumes that you know calvin candy has like now coming with you know slave <laughs> yeah. whipping action right, right. Like, yeah not come with a removable whip like yeah, yeah bro hit, hit his hand and it bleeds um the, uh-huh. now um but but i think Even he might have comes with betrayed django <laughs> movement or right, you know, right now he can walk straight um and <laughs> i hope and removable. I, I really do hope that uh college humor gets a hold of that and stars making jokes with those dolls um and then uh i think that's why people uh do get upset and try to even though they like blow it up and say like oh kids are gonna play with those dolls i mean like i think they see how how close that is Mm -hmm. to something that is you know sort of inherently off-putting yeah it's well it's like you're joking about racism and you're joking about slavery i know exactly why they feel bad i'm not uh you know like i've always said with black people i don't ever judge how they take the depictions of ourselves on the screen because it's so rare so if you love tyler perry you just fucking love tyler perry i can think he ain't shit but that's not gonna make me feel like you ain't shit for liking him and supporting him like you're just react you know if you love red tails i know motherfuckers that think red tails is a great movie it's terrible but i know people that think it's good and they're black because you don't get to see that for black people so i get it but at the same time i'm more on the um now let's get these jokes out part like i got a mlk flyer as my avatar on twitter right now like fuck it Ah! (laughs) let's go in i uh i also i I find myself reacting most strongly of all to the people who are taking Spike Lee's arguments against Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. and then using them to say like so Spike's argument is like Quentin Tarantino shouldn't be you know using these things like this whatever whatever and then the the counter argument by like a whole bunch of people who don't matter you know yeah. the social media people are Spike Lee, you're not shit. Fuck you. Right? (laughs) Oh my god! Yes! Like, look, I get that this is a Spike thing, and it's sad to me now that he's become more known for saying fucked up shit about other people than for people that go see his movies and support that way. Like, Like, it seems like he's only gonna get a headline if he's saying like, the whatever's not popular about something that is popular. I get that. But... I'm not mad at Spike. Like, it's fucking weird when people are just like, yeah, you know what? Motherfucker ain't made a good movie since Do the Right Thing. I'm like, what the fuck? When did this happen? When did we just start shitting on Spike Lee? Like, he ain't shit, man. Like, he, like they're not, like, you couldn't build this movie without him, his stepping on his back. Like, so many directors owe Spike Lee. He had to be the first. Right. And he was a voice that actually spoke up when motherfuckers were quiet about the, the racism in Hollywood, man. He was a dude right. that was putting out movies that made money and still not afraid to be like, oh, no, no, no. Shit is still racist. Just because I'm doing good doesn't mean shit. And I'm going to keep making movies about race. So, uh, yeah, it's very disrespectful to go with Spike Lee like that. I, I I don't like those people and then the people that keep going, this is our revolution movie. This is the movie. I, it's, no, it's not. It's it's not that it's just a good popcorn action movie that i enjoy and it's just it has some slavery in it it's just to me is like uh 
russell crowe's gladiator meets fucking uh blazing saddles and that's how i took it and and it worked worked for me i can see why it didn't work for some people but it worked very thoroughly for me and i and it doesn't have to be more than that some type of epic ass tale for me to say it's good you know nope i wish more people would uh take i mean like obviously on social media you can't do this i wish more people would take the time to explain to the people that are just saying like Spike Lee's mad, you know, just because he can't make a good movie. You know, Spike Lee's mad. I wish someone would take the time to say to those people, Spike Lee is not only mad for, like, his own reasons. He's also probably mad because, you know, if he wanted to make a movie, let's say he wanted to make a movie about black people going and killing all of the white people. (laughs) Right. No one would have funded it. And, and no- Quentin Tarantino makes and gets like a seventy million dollar budget for it, and he gets Leonardo DiCaprio yep. and all of these people, and he gets and he gets dolls that people can put on their shelves. Spike Lee's "Black People Kill All the White People" movie wouldn't have gotten dolls for the shelves. But more important, like more importantly, uh, Russ, that this smug white dude is getting all of this stuff Wendy. because he's well, got a pass. More importantly, I mean? Russ, nobody would have went to see it. And I, that's not even necessarily a reflection on him, Mm-mm. but that's when, if people can be real, cause people, what people do is they like to talk about these movies and they like to pontificate and they like to fucking go on these like, oh, you know, if we had this type of movie, I'd support that. People want to go see Tyler Perry, but they won't go see, no, no, no. I've seen the box office returns. People aren't right. going to see Spike's movies and he's trying to put out shit you could go see yep. and not feel uh, ashamed or feel like, uh, you know, you just watched a man in a dress for two hours. So I just don't buy it. I think he's like a, a conscious rapper of movies. Like, it, it's good to talk about like in Talib Kweli, but I don't want to hear that album. Like, so I, I just, I'm just not going to pretend by sitting up here, uh, talking shit about, uh, you know, everybody else. Like, yeah, Spike Lee ain't shit. I'm just not going to do it. It's just, uh, Spike Lee made some movies I enjoyed. I think he's a good director at, at times, but, uh, you know, I ain't been feeling his last few movies. I did not see Red Hook Summer because I didn't feel the, uh, few movies before that. So, you know, yeah, and he Red got, Hook Summer and, was not good. It yeah, and he has his issues of his own, man. So it's, you know, just like Tarantino has his issues. I think people just pick their favorites and then it's the internet. So everything has to be the best ever. I know one thing yeah. I've noticed about you is that, uh, like you're kind of have this, uh, a relationship with Nolan fans. Uh, I'll actually, I'll go further and say stands. Uh, Nolan that, stands, yep. Yeah, that is like, uh, I guess, uh, a lot of animosity. Uh, between the two, uh, maybe you like to kind of get their dander up at times. Uh, I like, uh, Christopher Nolan. I'm a big fan of his. I think Me he's one too. of the best directors, uh, mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Um, but, uh, I was wondering, like, because, you know, as a official cr- film critics, Karen and I, we want to avoid this. We don't want to be letting these fans get to us to make us, you know, have to fuck with them and stuff like that. So, like, how did it happen to you and how do I avoid it? There are certain directors nowadays, uh, especially if they're relatively young, uh, like Nolan is, uh, and like Tarantino is, really, for that matter, where if you criticize anything about their movie, people uh, people are just going to chili grapes it, mm-hmm. just like right away. And they're going to say, you know, nope, you're, you're mad, you're mad, chili grapes, chili grapes. You know, like they're just going to do that. And they're not going to hear 
what you have to say. Like they forget that film criticism is is opinion based. Yes. You know, when they think that you're insulting their mother or something. <laughs> and so Christopher <laughs> Nolan, because he's made he's made a few big movies right in a row that people feel very very strongly about. You know, if you go back and you say any criticism about The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. you know that's uh, then then you must hate Nolan if you if you said something against The Dark Knight. You know, uh, I feel the same way. You know, Tarantino fans can also get the same way. Uh, David Fincher fans can also get the same way. I just think that Christopher Nolan, because Dark Knight was the second biggest movie of all time, or mm-hmm. it, it it was, and uh, you know, then he made Inception, which was probably the biggest you know original non franchise movie in a very very long time. Mm-hmm. That people uh, feel uh, defensive. Over yeah. him, and so you you just have to watch the way that you criticize Nolan and Tarantino and Fincher and some of these other relatively young guys, and you have to go out of your way to say, "Look, I liked all of these things about the movie a lot, and in mm. general, I enjoyed the experience." Now that I've said that, I hope that you will take the bitter pill of my criticism of a stretch of the film without wanting to lacerate me. <laughs> you know. Now, also another thing I'll throw out there, and I, I've, we have this issue, and we really fight it on spoiled movie reviews, and um, it's just something I believe in is if uh, we overall like a film, I will make sure that we have that tone and this happens a lot with um a podcast i used to listen to slash uh, slash filmcast i don't fuck with them anymore Mm -hmm. but they would do these things where it's like let's talk for 45 minutes about uh i don't dark knight we don't like these things 45 minutes about whatever dark knight returns or something like rises and then at the end it's like oh you know it's an eight out of ten it's like, well, you know, there's a tone to a review that does matter too. It's like if I and and time spent matters too. No so doubt. I think and it's hard. It's a hard balance to craft because sometimes you know I think as a critic we don't want to sound like fanboys or whatever and come in and be like, oh, this shit was fucking, oh, this is the best shit ever. It's awesome. Did you see this? Remember that part? But uh, <laughs> one of the things that uh, I like about uh, spoiler movie reviews is that we do fan out sometimes. Where it's yeah, just like, we do. And it's not necessarily for certain directors. It's just for like certain experiences. It's like, yes. we're still kind of being, I just don't want to ever lose the idea of like that feeling, that 20 minutes after a movie where you're just giggling, smiling and shit like you talked about. Yeah. I want right. that to come across in our reviews sometimes because yes. I always oh worry God. about about that. And and for us, it don't even have to be a great movie. Like, we love impossible white man movies. Oh, and best so, genre in the game. And so when Hands everybody down. has watched that, everybody just hoaxed out. Like, with The Expendables, the second one, mm-hmm. it was great. I love Chuck Norris and everything. It was a terrible-ass movie. So bad. But we loved that movie and gave it a great review. <laughs> yeah, we gave it a great review. Bad scores. Bad scores. Yes. I'd rather err on that side of the thing where it's like Jack Reacher, one of the best impossible white man movies I've seen in the last couple of years. Yes. Not love really. Jack Reacher. I love Jack Yeah, Reacher. not necessarily really. the best acting. Not no. necessarily. I, I get that people. Like, if you came in with critical about the movie to me, I would not fight you. I get it. I saw the same flaws. I just didn't give a fuck. The shit was working for me. Yep. Tom Cruise uh, beating people up in the rain. Only thing he didn't do was that sprint. 
Everything yeah. else, he, he knocked he it did. down. He, and, 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 and see, when we do our impossible white man movies, we even rate our movies in Abraham Lincoln's. That's so yeah. how serious we are about it. <laughs> that shit is like 10 out of 10 Lincoln's for yes. me, dog. That yes, shit was sir. impossible as fuck. That nigga beat everybody up in a rock quarry at about I 10 think. minutes. He <laughs> 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 was in the wrong location. He was running for those bullets. Driving the car backwards. When he pulled out that gun and he shot the dude from Red Tails like through the girl's <laughs> armpit. Yeah. He didn't even have a fucking gun at one point. Like yep. there was a point in a in a gunfight where he didn't, he didn't have, have a, a gun. gun. And it was a sniper and two motherfuckers with machine guns and he won. <laughs> He had that cruise run, man. You can't get away from that cruise run. Bullets, cruise run. bullets, bullets don't work on that cruise run. Oh no, they repel. <laughs> The most that's powerful that uh, weapon you have against bullets. That cruise run I, is the shit, dude. I, when I, I gotta make my list, and I, I promise everybody listening. I know I've been talking about. I've been working on it, but I have my impossible white man like a uh, list of, of oh, cliches oh, and things that yes. movies have to do in order to achieve the points on the scale. Yeah, you get bonus and, uh, certain Jack things. Reacher hits so many of them, dude. Like, there's literally the scene where you where both guys throw their guns down and fight instead of that's instead an amazing <laughs> yes. in any movie. You can. Your bonus points for that shit. There's a scene where there's a, like I have one one uh, to give everybody a little quick preview. I have one qualification where it's like if he fucks a love interest that is undeserved, you get like five points for that. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. but if she throws herself at him and he doesn't fuck her, you get like fifteen points. Like sure. like Jack Reacher went for the fifteen dog. Like they they, they hit old, old girl was like, well, I hope you don't think you're about to. So he was like, okay, you can get out of my room now. I'm not even trying to make out with you. I was just trying to get my shirt. She was like, oh no, oh my bad. He did, he did even worse. He did that little like lean in like to get real close to make her think she was going to get it and then kicked her out. That's like, yes. that's that's even worse. That's that's worse than ignoring her. That's like you know what. I know you want this, but I'm not going to give it to you. Right? <laughs> I'm shit, taking it away. That shit was a play action uh, fake. It was the play action. <laughs> it's like, oops, thought you were going to get that dick, didn't you? Oh man, I think uh, I think we might action dick. I like that. <laughs> I think we might we might have just set another record or very close to it, but I still haven't introduced the sponsor. So yeah, if you're listening to this, this is the Blackout Tips podcast. You can find us on the blackouttips.com and uh, make sure you guys do that. Make sure you leave us five star reviews on iTunes. All the contact information for the show is at theblackouttips.com slash about. Uh, this show is double sponsored. Uh, the podcast is sponsored by the Audio Play Packs produced by Shadow Dog Productions. Get four audio plays for just two bucks. Two bucks. They have never been cheaper. Swing over to shadowdogproductions.com slash apac.html. The link is already on theblackouttips.com. I'll repost it tonight for those of you that uh, listen later. Uh, find out how you get four individual audio plays for less than a Starbucks drink. Come, it comes in two different packs. One is the ratchet pack and one is the ignorant pack. And, um, <laughs> ratchet and ignorant? I would really, really be hard pressed to, to believe that we're not, um, you know, probably in at least one of those. Oh, I think we in probably, both packs. Probably, like, yeah. we probably got at least one audio playing both because, yes, um, we do. We're ratchet and we, ignorant. We recorded some, uh, some ratchet and some ignorant shit with them. Um, all right, and then of course uh, we also have the other sponsor, but it's a lot sexier of a sponsor. Um, I need to find some sexy music. I didn't yeah. even prepare. Oh, you ain't queue up no sexy music. Son? Yeah, I didn't prepare the sexy music. Karen, do you have uh, any suggestion? Um, right, I got you. I got you for some some acapella. I'm gonna give you a little. Uh, 
<laughs> well it, on skype the mic will cut one oh. of us off so i i gotta i gotta get uh some some music from the back oh here all right here we go I, i'll go with some um lauren hill there we go No, don't be trying to change. Too late. I already hit play. I like y'all had to try to have an idea 30 seconds into the bit. When you played this, you made me think of another song. My bad. Fellas and ladies, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Yeah. Would would you like to check into her square and become the mayor? (laughs) Yes. Yep. Well, if you want to surprise your lover with an adventurous new tour adult movie, here is an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com. And for a limited time only, very limited time, you get 50% off of just about any item. You pick. I pick? I'm talking things with lawnmowers. Let her pick. Act like you're balling. Don't let her see you put the code in. Just tell you, like, oh, pick anything, baby. <laughs> and then once you pick, you go, okay, Hitachi, I got that. And then you go get your 50% off. You also, when you get that gift for her or, or you or whoever, you also get three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Yes. And you can be critics for those movies too, guys. Mm-hmm. You can critically, you can, you yeah. can be an official North Carolina critic yes. for your, for your pants. Critic acclaim. Plus you get a free extra gift so central that I can't even tell you what it is on the radio. I don't even know what it is. Too central to say. And to top it all off, they even throw in free shipping on your entire order. So you're basically just paying for your gift, the tax, and that's it. No shipping, none, none of that. Nope. Use your tax return wisely, people. I'm trying to tell you. Check out adamandeve.com for the special offer. Get 50% off of one item when you put in the code TBGWT upon checkout. That is TBGWT. Three free DVDs, free extra gift, and free shipping in addition to your 50% off. Adamandeve.com code TBGWT. Yes. All right. There we go. All right, Russ. Let's talk about these uh, these nominations, dog. Yes, sir. All right, man. Uh, so everybody knows that the Oscar nominations came out today, man. We're just going to go over uh, some of these, uh, you know, as, as three film critics uh, on the I show. I feel so official now. Right. <laughs> That's so good to say. I want a shirt or something. We might have to make us some shirts. I really North just. North Carolina field critics. I want to be having a conversation with people at the gym and then pull out the like, no, 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 baby. Uh, That's a nice opinion. That's cute. I'm an official film critic, so yes. I'm gonna have to say that you're wrong. Um, yes. uh, more, I have not seen this movie. Um, it's yeah, nominated. If you want to know about any of these? I've seen pretty much all of them, so I can I can tell you about all most right. of these. Let's go down. Best Picture, man. A more. You know what that one's about, man? What What are we? What's more? Yeah, that's the more. That's the one I uh, called on my podcast a lot. Uh, old people dying slowly. <laughs> um. So, so it's a tearjerker. It, uh, uh, a more it's it's a french language movie about uh, two old people and uh in one of the opening scenes uh the woman uh has a stroke and the man uh you know they're an old couple they've been married for a very long time uh they realize that her condition is essentially debilitating and you know the question becomes does he let her you know go like she she kind of wants to die he doesn't really want her to. And uh, so you get sort of this love story, but you also see the sort of fact that death is this very slow and humiliating process. Mm. Yeah, I've and, also uh, said that uh, 
love is also like really fucked up because it's just really two people agreeing to watch each other die like in a very sad way <laughs> but um yeah um, i mean yeah it's <coughs> i liked i thought it was brilliantly written and uh brilliantly acted i did think it was a little cold and a little like cruel for my taste uh they sort of they they showed a lot more of the depressing shit than the actual like love shit yeah. i thought so, uh, but I did think it was one of the best. I think it made my top 25 movies of the year. Maybe like 26, you know, it's right around there. Alright, uh, Argo, which I think, uh, most people know about, but, uh, the Ben Affleck film, um, he also, in addition to starring in it, he, he also, uh, directed this, I believe. So, that's He good. did. So that's good for him, man. That dude, on the low, man, he has amassed a nice collection of, Directing titles, man. Yes, yes. Like, nice up and coming dude, man, as far as behind the camera. Uh, you know, depends on what you think. Like, I really think you can't find, a more, a, a director who has directed as good of movies and starred in so many bad movies. Yes. As Ben Affleck. And I, I, I will tell you what, hit me on Twitter if you think you have someone better, people. Cause I, I, it's, it, it's, inconceivable some of the shit he started yes it is that's, um, a, good, that's a great question man that's a really good question <laughs> yeah it's He's a stumper dude bad I, movies. when i saw his rotten tomatoes shit i was like oh oh geez oh god like oh why why would you do that one after you just finished okay and then you directed a good movie that's a good movie all right um beast of the southern wild um now isn't this the movie that uh is about uh like post katrina like a family after katrina and the aftermath of that shit yeah, it's not directly like they never mention Katrina, but it is uh, sort of about this very Cajun environment, uh, this impoverished Cajun environment, and uh, the sort of struggle to survive uh, after a somewhat apocalyptic uh, storm has uh, really sort of devastated their home. Mm, okay, and this- it's but it's it's great. It's one of my top ten movies of the year. Uh, the acting in it is really brilliant. They used people who had not acted in movies before. Uh, the daughter had never been in a movie. Uh, she just got nominated for an Oscar. The dad gave maybe my favorite performance in any movie all year. I thought he was phenomenal. And he's a baker in real life. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's that's always it, crazy when they do that. Like, um, it's amazing. Like the wire and stuff. You know, it's always weird when it's just like, yeah, yeah. So this guy used to be a drug dealer for real, but um, it's like what? Like, right? Like, yeah, he killed a couple people and shit, but uh, we got him out. You know, he's gonna play a, a preacher. He's gonna play a preacher on the show, and uh, it's like, god damn, like who even thinks like that? Uh, it just it doesn't feel like any other kind of movie because it was literally the first movie for pretty much everybody involved in it. Nobody involved had ever done a full length movie before. The producers, the directors, wow. uh, the actors, the writer, none of them. Okay. So it so it's great. It's a it's real refreshing and uh, and heartfelt. Uh, Django Unchained. Uh, we talked about that. Yeah, I think everybody knows about that one. If if not, we'll get it from under that rock. Uh, Lay Miserables, because I ain't watching it. It's miserable. Mm-hmm. Lay Miserable looks yeah. terrible. <laughs> I looked at that. I was like, I'm not seeing that shit. That shit going to look like it's going to be miserable to watch. Yeah, it's no, going to be less you. miserable. And I'm sure uh, TKO won't want to see it either, because Anne Hathaway is in it. Um, Life of Pi, um, which we Karen and I saw. We talked about it at length movie. on the show, but we love the movie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Him and Mr. Parker. 
Yeah, <laughs> Robert Parker or whatever, Richard Parker. Richard I'm, Parker. Yeah, yeah, I remember I tanked that uh, on uh, Twitter with uh, actually with Russell uh, Lincoln. Yeah you, yeah, you were like Robert Parker. <laughs> yeah. <the> <laughs> uh, Lincoln got uh, got, got uh, a nomination, but I knew it would. I mean, Daniel Day Lewis, and it's about white people's like favorite white man, like Abraham Lincoln. And you can't, you'll be hard pressed to find white people that hate Lincoln, even in the South. It's, it's weird. Some weird shit. Can, um, I, can I make a case? Can I make a case for this movie real quick to you two? Yeah, sure. Go ahead, man. Uh, because this is, uh, I've seen it a couple of times now. This is, uh, one of my, I, I think I put this at number four in my favorite movies of the year. Uh, and I had a lot of the same reservations that you did, mm-hmm. uh, going into it. I thought it was going to be slow. I thought it was going to be boring. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be like Oscar bait. You know, uh, the same usual shit that you see in a movie that's trying to win all the Oscars. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what I thought it was going to be Me going too. in. And really what it was, uh, first of all, the script is amazing. Uh, it's very, it's surprisingly funny. Uh, it's not nearly, you know how some Spielberg movies, he like, he plays up the drama, mm-hmm. uh, and so like the music swells real big and everybody cries and whatever. They don't, they don't really do that in this movie at all, which made the movie, in my opinion, a lot more, uh, emotionally affecting. And, uh, the performances are great. Daniel Day-Lewis, of course, everyone talks about, but Tommy Lee Jones gives maybe the best performance of his career. He's hilarious in it. And steals every scene. Uh, the cast is amazing. Uh, it looks great. It sounds great. Everything about it is great. Um, I uh, and and most impressive of all, it is a two and a half hour movie about white people sitting around and talking about a law being passed. Right. And yet, and yet, it was so exciting to me. Like it, it's 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 clearly smart. It's written to be smart, and yet it's never so smart that it's inaccessible or boring. Mm. Okay. Like, well, I, I was I was completely enthralled the entire time, and I've now seen it multiple times, mm. and uh, it just it gets better for me every single time. So I, I would strongly recommend, even if you do have some reservations, it's worth it's worth a, a watch. It's not going to be it's not shit. It's definitely not shit. I'll tell you that right now. You right. might have some reservations with the subject matter, but it's not shit. Well, I will say this: uh, I still have no interest in seeing it, and I think uh, as a white person, you have to be biased towards it. It's not your fault. I don't, I don't blame you. But uh, other other people in the audience, if you're going to get a screener, if you're going to get a screener, just see it on your screener. I was going to say other people in the audience might see it. If I if I see it at this point, I'll, it'll be just me live tweeting it and making jokes probably. But um, if I see it, you know, I'll, I'll let you'll know if I see it. You follow me on Twitter, you'll know. <laughs> I, 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 I will know. Give it, give it a shot. I went in and I gave it like, uh, like we had talked about, you know, uh, not wanting to hate movies, not wanting yeah. to hate things, not going into like to hate things. I always try to go into every movie, you know, with the highest of expectations, like really, really hoping it's going to blow me away. Uh, and this one really blew me away. Out of all the nominees, the movies that got nominated, it is by far. Uh, it is by far my favorite. Okay. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. I did not see this movie. What is this about? This is about, uh, so Bradley Cooper uh, has some sort of mental uh, disorder. He's uh, like uh, maybe some schizophrenia. I don't know, he, he's like got some stuff going on. So this is, and, his, this is his Oscar bid then because that's when you play that role is you when you're think, trying to win an Oscar. 
You would think, but uh, what happens is it sort of turns into a romantic comedy because he meets Jennifer Lawrence, who has her own issues, mm. and they both kind of have their own issues together, and they enter a dance competition. And uh, Robert De Niro plays Bradley Cooper's uh, OCD father. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm down with OCD. That's cool. He's obsessed with the Eagles. Yeah, okay. They're, All right, so he's the, miserable. The Eagles are a huge <laughs> part of this film. So he's miserable. Okay, got it. Okay. You already stated he has he had <laughs> mental problems, so I, that's just redundant now. He's miserable, but it's it's sort of I, I have heard a lot of people who are Eagles fans say it's sort of a quintessential Eagles fan experience. Um but I really didn't like the movie. Okay. Uh I I thought I'll take that back. I thought it was fine. But there were there were a lot of things that troubled me about it. Uh, the depiction of a mental illness, in particular, mm. you know, it, it sort of seemed to be like you know, if you meet uh, if you meet the right person, then your mental problems will go away. Yeah, yeah. Know? Hollywood can never really treat mental illness that well. It's or not never, but it's really rare that they're able to really accurately depict it. TV is mm-hmm. bad too. Where it's just yes, like, it is. I have schizophrenia, so- which means there's two personalities, and I turn into a secret spy at night. And it's like, yeah, I don't think that's the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, well, and, and Jennifer Lawrence, there's also some misogyny in it too, because Jennifer Lawrence's character, you know, her her main problem seems to be that she likes to fuck a lot oh okay so yeah women came and so everyone kind of looks at her like through the side of her eye and the whole movie is jennifer lawrence like shamelessly pursuing bradley cooper who is older and always an asshole to her and yet she pursues him and pursues him and he's like go away go away you know judging her but then you know at the end uh he sees past the fact that she's fucked a lot of men (laughs) and you know like uh, they're they're just undertones to it it's well executed but the undertones really bothered me okay uh speaking of undertones bothering a lot of people this movie hasn't even really come out in a lot of places but zero dark 30 is the rounding up the nominations for just came out didn't it i don't know if it's out here it is it comes out wide tomorrow right so how did they get an oscar and nobody was able to go they see did it? some special uh like releases where it, it was like limited release and it was enough for it to be nominated enough critics got it in their hands to be able to vote for it um and well, the it, critics a, the critics don't vote for the academy awards i mean i'm sorry not enough i guess uh, uh it was released enough for it to be eligible to vote like for the people to be able to vote for it is that that's correct right it's been out in uh it came out the uh it came out i think december 19th uh, right around there uh in new york and la right yes and it's a limited release so the majority of people won't see it till now if they go see it but yeah uh, right but uh it's a big controversy about torture in this movie and all that stuff have you seen zero dark 30 already i have uh i think the controversy is a bit strange Mm mm-hmm Frankly, uh, yes, the movie does have torture. Uh, yes, there are people in the movie that believe that torture uh, works, much as I'm sure there are people in the actual government that agree with that right. thesis. Um, it does not say that torture definitely works. It doesn't say that it definitely doesn't work. Uh, it merely shows what happened. And right. it's it's like good reporting. It just it just it just it would it would kind of be like being mad at Black Hawk Down, right? I mean, sure. to a certain extent, where it's like, well, these are the things that they said happened, and this is our dramatic depiction of what we you know uh, we're combining from all these different reports of what happened, and then people going, yeah, you know, I just didn't like how they shot all those black people in Black Hawk Down. It's like, well, that was a thing that happened. 
You know, like uh, the, the movie's well, not now really. Why people are getting now. Why people are getting mad is because they're saying uh, that. Uh, advanced interrogation techniques, which is their word for torture. Yeah. Advanced interrogation techniques uh, did not lead directly to the uh, killing of Bin Laden. Okay, but okay. because every because all the details are still like under wraps via the CIA, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's they, they can't like disprove it. You know, there, there's <laughs> they can't disprove that torture. Uh, was used. So it's basically the CIA getting really pissed because someone is saying the CIA likes torture, even though they obviously like torture because they tortured. And, and also, people. it's a political argument now. And once you're, it's a p- political football like game. It, you can't like people are just gonna have their sides and, and argue with each other. Yes, they like, are. There's really nothing else that can be done. Um, I'm gonna go real it's quick. It's really weird that Catherine Bigelow did not get nominated for best director. She's won a ton of awards from critics for best director for mm-hmm. Zero Dark Thirty, and I think that the, this controversy is starting to take its toll because Democrats certainly don't like torture, and Republicans don't like looking like torturers. Right. So you know, uh, people are people are pissed, and I just I don't understand it. It's weird to me. The movie is great, by the way. The movie yeah. is, is very I want to see it. We'll probably go see it tomorrow. Let me run through uh, the other categories real quick, man. I know you got to go. Um, best actor, Hugh Jackman for Les Miserables, blah, blah, blah. Lincoln, Dale Day-Lewis, um, Bradley Cooper, Silver Linus Playbook, Joaquin Phoenix for The Master, and Dizzo Washington in Flight. Who do you think wins? Oh, well, Daniel Day-Lewis will definitely win. Um my favorite performance of the bunch is also probably Daniel Day Lewis with uh, Joaquin Phoenix for the Master is uh, is my runner up. All right, actress in the leading role: Jessica Chastain, Zero Dark Thirty; Jennifer Lawrence, Silver Linings Playbook. Man, but not the Hunger Games. That's a size. Uh Emmanuel <laughs> R- Emmanuel River for a more. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, but Kavinjane uh, Wallis. Uh, for Beasts of the Southern Wilds and Naomi Watts for The Impossible. Yeah, that's that. She's the youngest person to ever get nominated. She was six when she made that movie. Who do you think wins? Uh, it's down to between Chastain and Lawrence. Uh, it's a real, it's a, it's a, it's a toss up from there. I, I would say that Safe Money is probably on Jennifer Lawrence because they're going to want to give Silver Linings Playbook a major award. Uh, but because she hasn't really paid her dues, don't be surprised if like Jessica Chastain or even Emmanuel Arriva sneaks in and takes that. But mm. if, you, if you're putting money on it, Lawrence is probably the safest mm. bet. I hope uh, Reva wins it uh, just because uh, I think sometimes they make choices because it will be the most like cool choice. You know what I mean? It was oh, yeah. salacious. So, because I don't, I don't really put a lot of stock in the Oscars anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that would that might be the headline if they pick that. So I think that might be get why she wins. Well, and Kavinjane Wallace is the youngest nominee. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's what category. I meant. That's, that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I well, meant Wallace. Emmanuel Riva is the oldest nominee ever in the category. So either oh, okay. way, it's wow. Be cool. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Wallace because she's gonna be adorable. Her speech will be funny. Um, That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, actor uh, Alan Arkin for Argo, Robert De Niro, Steven Linus Playbook. Uh, this is a supporting actor, I'm sorry. Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master, Tom Lee Jones in Lincoln, and Christopher Walsh in Django Unchained, which a lot of people did not like that uh, he got moved over uh, uh, Samuel Jackson. But I just want to know what clip were they supposed to play when they pulled up Samuel Jackson? Samuel Jackson, Jackson. <laughs> that's a true character. Right. <laughs> 
so like, it would have been none that they could have played on national right. television show me the five seconds he didn't say nigga or motherfucker and uh maybe we'll he'll get nominated <laughs> um uh but go ahead uh wh- who do you think will win that one russell uh Tommy Tommy Lee Jones, I'd say, is the favorite. Uh, he's my favorite of the bunch as well. Uh, I'd be really surprised if he lost. All right. Supporting actress, Amy Adams in The Masters, Sally Field in Lincoln, Anne Hathaway, like Miserable, blah, blah. Helen Hunt, the, se- the <laughs> Sessions, and Jackie Weaver, Civil Lines Playbook. The Jackie Weaver choice uh, for a nomination is so strange because she does nothing in the movie at all. I don't even know what clip they're going to play. Wow. Like, I have no clue. She's in the movie for like uh, 30 minutes, and she does nothing the whole time. She doesn't even cry. It's weird. Damn. Um, I would I would say that, again, the safest bet, you got to go Anne Hathaway. I've been warning Tone about this uh, since I saw the movie and since the buzz has come out. Uh, they love her. Uh, I would love to see uh, Sally Field uh, upset her. I feel like Sally Field is probably the safest choice for an upset out of the bunch. And you hated Anne Hathaway in, in that movie, in Le Miserable. So I, I, and I'm not somebody who normally thinks that she's... I normally don't think that her style of acting is inappropriate for the movie that she's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, she is a little bit of a... Uh, she makes more expressive faces, I'll put it nicely, in most movies. Uh, but in this movie, the camera is literally right in her face the entire time, and she's still making the same size faces. So it just looks like she is just milking it for everything she's got. And I, I was very turned off by it. There's another young woman in Les Miserables. Now you got me saying it like you. Yeah. Les, Les Miserables. Uh, there's, another <laughs> woman in, there's another woman in Les Mis whose name is Samantha Barks who sings a song later. She's a young actress, up-and-comer, very cute, and she plays her song beautifully. If somebody had gotten nominated from Les Mis, I was really hoping it would be Samantha Barks, but obviously it's going to be uh, Hathaway. Alright, directing this the last one, and I'll let you go. Uh, Amor, Michael Hen- Henneke? I don't know. Henneke, yeah. Okay. Uh, Beast of the Southern Wilds, uh, Ben Zeitlin, or Zeitlin. And ben Li- Zeitlin. Okay. And Life of Pot, Ang Lee. Um, Lincoln, Steven Spielberg, Silver Lines Playbook, David O. Russell. Who do you think wins directing? You know, the safe money is on uh, Lincoln here, but what I would do, uh, if you're trying to predict, I would wait until the DGA, the Directors Guild, announces uh, their winner. Uh, I think it'll be either Steven Spielberg uh, or Ang Lee. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't nec- I-, I think it would be a huge surprise to everyone if Ang Lee won Best Director for Life of Pi, except for me, because Spielberg, for some reason, the Academy doesn't like Spielberg. You know, they mm. they were all mad about um, that they they were all mad about the Color Purple when that came out. That didn't that got totally snubbed. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, Saving Private Ryan, he won, but the movie didn't. You know, they have an aversion to his movies and to him in general. So I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if Ang Lee won. The safe bet is Spielberg. If you want to take like the long shot, try and pay off big. Uh, I'd go Ang Lee. Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for doing the show with us, man. I love Thank that. You, I love Life of Pi, by the way. Ang Lee. Yeah, one of my uh, favorite I loved it movies. Too. I great. cannot believe uh, that that was a book. And because right. after after I watched the movie and people were like, yeah, it was a book, and people thought it was impossible to translate the screen, I was like, I can see why. Like, it's, it seems like a really hard story to put on screen, but he did it. Um, so, yo, thanks for doing it, Russell. Um, y'all check him out. Um, he's on Twitter. He's at Russell H. Hey, oh wait, Russell H. Films, I believe. Let me make sure that's right in my notes. Russell H. Film, yeah. Russell H. Film at Frank Longo. If you want the Ratchet Russell, um, 
and uh he writes for movie mezzanine uh he has a, a website the password is swordfish.com and uh the long and late movie show uh has a tumblr and i'll have that link on the show notes um but yeah check him out man he's very funny also on twitter he's, he won't clog your time up like i do i guess unless the bachelor is on but he 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 will <laughs> he will straight up uh have some really funny ass jokes and uh so the frank longo ones are uh always borderline inappropriate anyway so you guys should check them out if you like our show uh i think you'll like their show man check out the podcast a really good crew of people and um uh we appreciate you doing the show with us russ we do yeah, man. Thanks. We'll, we'll have to have uh, both of y'all on uh, our show sometime soon, no doubt. All right, no doubt, Ooh. man. Peace. All right, later. Dude. Film critics, man. That's how we do. You know, we just get That's on here, roll up bang it out, bitch. talk about these movies. You know, when you're doing this official film critiquing, as we yeah, all want maybe. to do at these times. <laughs> all right, man. So that was fun. Um, it was. I'm sure people are like two hours a movie fuck this show so uh those people are gone now all right man we had to talk about a bunch of shit man i would do some random thoughts but uh i i think we'd be better served to talk about um a couple articles and stuff there's some pretty big issues out there mm-hmm. um and i guess it did want to start off uh with this but uh because uh, we wanted to talk to russell about films but um the rape let's talk about some rape karen uh, very serious stuff some rape culture uh no joke to make about this um have you heard about the steubenville um football player the the rape squad or whatever they would call themselves yeah didn't they say something about they caught they had was a video that went viral yeah i saw this my friend sent a link to me apparently what happened well allegedly to all this that i'm about to say but uh there was a girl who was like 16 years old or something like that uh she supposedly got some people are saying she got drunk some people are saying she got roofied or whatever but whatever happened to her she was like out to the world and so these uh football players players on a, on a football team took her uh limp body basically from party to party and had had sex with her let people have sex with her uh while she could not consent so rape um yes repeatedly uh over a whole night and then Damn. later on people were tweeting about it going to social media making jokes about it there's a 10 minute video of a guy sitting around talking about uh raping a girl and that she was uh dead to the world she's deader than doorknob and making a bunch of jokes about um dead people like oh she's deader than gandalf then they thought Gandalf was in Lord of the Rings. And, and like, uh, I watched that video. It's a very disturbing video to watch, you know, because you're watching someone talk about someone that got raped. And uh, there's really nothing funny about it. He literally just did this act. And then, you know, in the background, there's a room of people there that are, you know, cracking it up like it didn't really just happen. You know, um, so uh, our girl, uh, Jamel Hill, she wrote an article on ESPN uh W is like the the women's ESPN. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting because um I don't know how to handle this article because on the one hand, I think she's doing something that a lot of people do in these situations, which is offer some practical advice. And it's basically saying women, you have to protect yourself. You can't trust people uh, and all this stuff. And I, I do get it. I know the world's fucked up. But part of me is like, why does these, why do these articles always come out? Right. Like, 
Where is the yes, don't yes, young yes, men? Yes, let me talk to you. This is a rape. There yes. and there's nothing funny about it. There's no where? joke to be made here. This not okay. Is, this is not acceptable. This is not okay. Keep your dick to yourself. Where is it if 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 like this? Where is it if she cannot consent to you? You don't fuck her. Right. Period. And, 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 and that's the part that I have an issue with. And also, if I'm not mistaken, this is the same thing where the people that are representing the students are very, very angry because they said that the video went viral. They're not, they can't have a fair trial. Yeah. Um, also, you know, they, they, they said the community is really small and there are people that supporting these boys and, and stuff like that. And, and my thing is that it, it, the situation like this really, really upsets me because not at any period of time is the man ever accountable for a rape. It's always the woman's fault she got raped. Right. You shouldn't have been there. You shouldn't have did this. You shouldn't have did that. Okay, where are they held accountable for their actions? Because at any period of time, they could have left her there. And the problem I have with it, they carried her around, took her around, had all these people fuck her. She could have a disease. She could be pregnant. Anything can happen to her. And the thing is that you sit around, you crack fucking jokes about it. And you think it's funny, and then you have people saying, um, uh, we're on a football team. We go, don't nobody give a fuck about your football at that period of time. Yeah, well, hold on. You're skipping around the story, Karen. People, uh, let's add, provide some details because people might not know. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, there's, uh, basically, you know, this happened, um, in August, right? And now it's, it's j- January of this year. So people don't even know the details. And, you know, it's like, well, how did this come to light? Well, Apparently, you know, on social media, people were spreading the word that this thing happened and people were reacting to Mm -hmm. it because they're a bunch of kids and kids fucking talk. Yeah, they don't keep secrets. Yeah. So uh, if you tell someone you did this, they're running to their Twitter or their Facebook and they're telling everybody. Yes, they are. So uh, the word got around and then Anonymous, the group that, you know, a lot of people uh, associate with a lot of negativity or, you know, they hacked the, the government. They hacked this. They went and started hacking people's email accounts and phones and all this stuff. And they put like a whole page together of kind of like laying the case out for what happened and people being complicit in covering it up because, you know, yes, a small town where football is really important. You know, this happens all over America. It's one of the, you know, it's just another one of the reasons where I, I feel more like I'm a sports, uh, enthusiast but i'm just i'm never going to understand some people's attraction to sport because it's just like this would never cross my mind like i i I don't have that football above all if someone came to me and told me my son did this thing like my son not your son not my my flesh and blood did this his ass is going straight to the motherfucking uh, jail or police department, and we're, yeah, we're, we're, and not, we're, we're he's he's going to confess and he's going to do his time. Like, yeah, we're not talking about it. We're not yeah, discussing. There's nothing about else it. to be said. We're, like, we're, yeah, I, it, I, I, and, and and I guess from my perspective, and I'm kind of like you. We're not talking about it. We're not discussing about it. We're going straight to police. Ain't ain't ain't, ain't no, you know if. It, but I just because I'm like you, I, I enjoy sports. I enjoy them. And there's certain sports that I, I really love, but I don't have that love that people have where it's just unrealistic and it's almost like football, fuck your feelings, football, fuck reality, football, right. fuck everything else. Our season matters. If we win matters, do we make it to the state playoff matters? I mean, like, but all that, that above. not even, you know what's funny? It's, it's, 
it's funny because we know that people are crazy for football but yes. there's no fucking thing this person could be doing he could be the president of the united states there's nothing so important that you should be able to do this and go unpunished but adults stepped in and protected these children from uh their you know they protected these fucking animals from going to jail like they thought football so fucking important kids will be kids boys will be boys let us see what we can do to keep these guys out of jail and and for they're pe- making people money and, and right and and the thing about it is that it's one of the things where when you making money it overrides your actions but that shouldn't be a reality your money shouldn't be able to pay your way out of committing crimes yeah i just think for people to try to turn around and 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 be like well i'm the sheriff i'm not gonna investigate this it's just kids being kids and i'm a teacher and this whatnot you know and i i feel like that's half of the problem that's the most of the problem right i feel like the adults should go to fucking prison like they did it no not just be held accountable they should go to prison like they did it it's like a murder when someone is an okay. accessory to the murder, you After know how they the say fact, that yeah. the cover-up is is worse than the crime? The cover-up is worse than the, than the crime, and the crime is fucking horrible. So I wish that the people that protected them, that are supposed to be uh, some sort of, you know, beacon of right and wrong in the community, the people that had leadership positions and decided, I'm not going to do it because this is the football team, those motherfuckers should go to prison too. Like, seriously, uh, everyone keeps giving everyone off the hook because, you know, and, and I love Jamel Hill, but but you're, you're immediately going into like, well, the world's fucked up. You got to protect yourself, ladies. Like, is this the like, it's kind of like gun control. Like, now it's time to talk about this. Like, what about the rape culture of sports sometimes yes the rape culture of youth in america like we talked like i remember people making saying like daniel tosh now see that's rape culture and stuff and i was like no No. because it's kind of like when you say uh well uh, i walked outside and uh someone uh armed their car alarm when i walked by now that's racism it's like that you know what i don't use racism for that because when something racist happens i want you to understand how fucking serious i'm taking it this is fucking rape culture. Like, literally, rape culture. It is an entire culture of people who are like, yeah, well, that's kind of what girls get, and these boys will be boys, and hey, they play football, so let's try to keep them out of trouble. We don't want anybody fucking up the, the we might go to that's state this year. That's to rape culture. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah a I- sheriff co- avoiding evidence. You know what I mean? Principals, teachers, boosters, people providing these kids houses to get drunk and fuck and all this shit with no supervision because they play a fucking sport that is a culture that is uh, immediately putting women as the fucking and, and girl little girls even they are putting a 16 year old little girl as a, a sacrifice to fucking a sport and it's yeah disgusting. because and and that and goes back to her life is not valuable uh her sexuality is not valuable we we don't care that we've scarred her for life we don't care that we we really mentally and, and possibly physically fucked her up we don't care right. you know anything that happens to her her family or anything beyond that and the thing is that here in our country we're really really quick to look down on the shit that's happening in india right now where uh uh this girl got a uh, gang raped and on a bus yeah 
bus and left out in the public, you know, and dead. And they basically left her body out in the public. And the people over there are getting outraged about it. Like, we'll turn up our nose to that shit. Like, we're better than that or higher than that when it's not. So it happens here, too, just in a different manner. We're, we're, we're complicit to, to looking down on women and frowning upon women and blaming women yeah, and people not even, being prosecuted here. Because even with this article, I mean, like I said, I, I love Jamel. I think she's very funny. I think she's intelligent all this stuff and she has a really deep take but it's like when we immediately kind of go to the well the world is messed up women you just need to watch your back it's still this kind of like it's that he has that feeling of like well if your ass wasn't out there if you wasn't out there drinking if you didn't do this then you wouldn't have got raped and it's like but uh, there's a bunch of shit that has to happen i've never accidentally raped anybody women have been drunk around me guess what nobody got raped like it's it's this this the default like he's a dude there's gonna be some raping that's what happens like he can't control himself and then the the, the situation where they have on like the um Indian um um you know the tribal the Indian land how it has that protection they actually have laws out there that says that if women who live on those lands get raped by somebody that's not a part of their uh tribe mm-hmm. that the local people can't charge them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, I mean that's rape culture for real. Like, yeah, and it's literally crazy. like yes. it's your fault you got raped, and we will be trying to rape you. But I'm just trying to keep it to this situation. Like, it's just it's it's shameful and it's sad that that's where we go and when this shit happens. And like, you know, this is coming from a woman. This is coming from somebody that uh, you know. I'm sure she cares about the situation. She cares about the people involved. But it's just like, fuck, man. It's it's crazy that we can't have a bunch of a litany. One article. Do we have any articles that go, hey, don't rape people? Like it's rape. You know, I remember the Good Man Project. I meant to talk about this on the show. Um, maybe we did. I can't remember. The Good Man Project, which is supposed to be this like site about, you know, hey, uh, we're, we're, it's about liberal men and showing that it's okay to be a, to support women. They had an article on their site about good guys commit rape too. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, no, you know, it's don't like, rape. right. It's like good guys, uh, murder somebody occasionally, you know, and, and not to mention, let's imagine, can we just switch? You know, we do it one. Well, let's do a uh, it wham and say, if this was a man, let's say we read this same article about a boy went out, hung out with his boys, got drunk. Someone must have roofied him and they took him around from party to party and, and all these dudes raped him. How many of us would not be sitting around going, yeah, you know, uh, it's his fault. I mean, getting drunk around his friends, ain't that his fault? You know, you can't get drunk, you, you get raped. Like we, no one would even think to write that article. No one would even fucking think it because it's a dude. You know what I'm but saying? There would still be people blaming him though, because we live in a society where we you really think people would blame a straight man you for be, being raped. You would be amazed, and they would come out and say he was gay or he wanted it or some bullshit. Well, they might like they that. might come out and say he was gay. I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your average everyday people, not your trolls or your people out there trying to. Uh, I'm saying there's an idea like you're a man, it's not supposed to happen to you. You're a woman, it is. Yeah, and that's sad, and 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 I think uh, it, it, and it's very very frustrating being a woman for the simple fact that it's almost like you got a vagina, you're expected to be raped. It's like you know, it's like a dude he can't control himself, he can't help but put his fucking hands on you, he can't help but beat you. Why? 
wow yeah, i remember my dad gave me this book to read it was called make me want to holler i forget the name of the guy who wrote the, the book um but um it's supposed to be like this story of achievement from a black disenfranchised youth from i think dc or somewhere like that and he like part of his story was you know i was in a gang and i you know i did crimes i did all the shit you know and i was it was you know so poor and i remember there was a chapter in there about this thing they used to do and it was similar to the quote-unquote running a busket you know like Mm -hmm. people someone wrote in about but basically they would invite a chick back to like the house where all of them were hanging out and it was somebody like one dude would would like have a chick that liked him or whatever he take it to the back and you know try to convince her like oh yeah you know you might just let me hit it or whatever just hang out with us nothing's gonna happen and then they would have one of the other people in the gang like act really like aggressive like let me in this door i want some pussy let me in this door now you said she gonna fuck like going crazy and scaring the girl and so what she doesn't know is the guy who asked her to come there is in on it so he's like uh, you know he starts trying to convince her in the in the room like look uh just let him fuck because you know he's really mad we don't want him to go crazy but if you let him hit you know then he'll just you know you can get it over with blah 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 and, and all this shit and you know because she's so scared and all this shit she'll be like okay i'll let this guy fuck just i just want to leave just let, let you know get it over with and then after he gets done another dude comes in and another dude and all this shit into the whole gang gets some and then in this story you know he goes on to talk about being a better like becoming this person and, all this, and i'm just like you're a fucking rapist man yes, i don't are. i don't care for the rest of your book like honestly i don't care what kind of fucking success story comes out of that man and i get that rape is so prevalent that someone listening to the show has raped somebody someone uh you know like it's happening so much someone has been raped someone has done it it's 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 just that fucking common there's a guy walking around that you think is a nice guy that is possibly uh someone who has raped somebody whether it be the she got too drunk and couldn't consent rape or it could be the you know jump out the bushes right somebody has probably done it that's how fucking prevalent it is and and, and, you people probably know someone that has done it and and, you just don't they just haven't told you and the thing is too a lot of people think shit is not rape that is rape you know well i had to take that pussy what you mean you had to take this pussy right you know what I mean? What you, what, what you mean? I said no, no, me, no. And, and sometimes you could be in the act and she says no. Well, even in the article, the sometimes good guys rape or some shit. It was like, well, you know, she was drunk. I was drunk. I mean, I would, I, I don't necessarily regret it. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? She couldn't consent. And then you're in this article saying that's probably a rape, but I'd do it again. Like, it's, and you're a good guy. That's the good guy. That's the guy you can count on. The good guy. So it's, I don't know, man. It's just disgusting. The, the shit that happens and like i said man i i feel saddened when i read that this was jamel's take on it because and maybe it's just not women's place or they don't feel that it's their place to say dudes should not be raping these yes, girls don't rape right maybe that's how they feel Keep and your that's dick to yourself don't rape right maybe that's how they feel and that's why she's writing to other women like you'll and, listen to me protect yourself but and, and, i want to see all the articles from people that are sports journalists that are men saying don't rape women i don't give a fuck if it's some type of football initiation i don't give a fuck if these dudes are going to think you're less of a man because a lot of this shit like i said i always say a lot of these uh male sex thing and sex and how they value it 
is very homosexual anyway yes where they're raping someone to prove their masculinity to another man so it's like i'm going to fuck this chick so you can see that i'm not gay and that i am and it's like well giving this dude direct control over your penis in order to impress him that sounds pretty fucking homosexual to me and i don't mean gay or homosexual in some type of slandery way i mean like as in your sex drive is dealing is run by the uh admiration of another man is what is really getting you off and that's sometimes somehow justifying you as a human being that's also very a very homosexual mentality as far as what's really driving you to have sex you're really doing it to impress a man not a woman not anything like that if you're into that shit man like the whole gang gang bang mentality the whole run the train all that shit is in you know a lot of times it's associated with sports and gangs just a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. being like this is what dudes do this is what we supposed to do and it's like no man you don't have to do that shit and uh you know it's wrong and it's always wrong it'll never be right and somebody should say that man like i that's what i want to hear i don't want to hear well little girl you should stop wearing that dress i don't want to hear that no no that's that's just an excuse to blame the victim right like i said nobody ever looks a dude in his eye and say you know what nigga fuck you fuck your dick i don't want it and don't rape me yeah keep your hands to yourself keep your dick to yourself you can look at me don't just just don't touch me and no i you know it's it's, it's like if and, and if you write the articles that say keep your dick to yourself people will, will, will call you man bashing it's not about man bashing it's about not because that's raping not, me because that's not being a man that's not no there's no fucking definition of masculinity that says you have to take somebody's uh sex that is ridiculous like is is it's only a negative thing and there's no way to spin that positive and the fact that adults stepped into this situation and covered it up that's the sad part so i agree with you like, yes they need i mean to be it's charged too yeah it's all sad that was but those are the people we really depend on to stop to be the ones yes. who say you know and i you know i, I listened to them t- they talked about it on blacking it up and stuff and i listened to that and uh dasha mitchell uh the one of the co-hosts was saying like you know as fucked up as it is you know they are young they are kids they make mistakes and you know uh they need to be punished but you know maybe they could get some rehabilitation even prison won't necessarily fix anything because uh, more than likely they'll be sexually assaulted in there and that's gonna just you know continue to cycle they're not gonna learn she thinks maybe they should work in a rapes call center for like five years or something um yeah I, i'd kill them that's that's what i believe in so yeah mm-hmm yep judge me if you want kill them i pull the trigger myself i'll fucking flip the switch fuck them you're out of here i'm not saying i don't believe in rehabilitation i'm saying everybody don't get a chance that's all i'm not gonna sit around and wait around for you to fucking figure out the shit that everybody else can figure out that you're not supposed to be raping people so fuck you and you're old enough because we were like well they're still kids nah, you're old enough you you you, you kind of know better than you know they drag somebody around to party to party raping them took a lot of planning and all that shit anybody involved i fucking kill them that's that's it and the sad part about it is that sh- who knows how many people were even involved 
Yeah, right. The only two, only two are on trial. Only two are on trial. Out, out of the probably dozens and dozens and dozens of dudes that probably fucked her while she was unconscious. Yeah, I don't. I know it's not PC to be fucking pro death from not just death, instant fucking death. Like the trial is over. Come outside. Let's shoot you in the back of your motherfucking skull, man. That's disgusting. And yeah, I am angry and vengeful about it. I would not. I don't give a fuck. Like, it's just, I'll judge me for being angry and vengeful. These motherfuckers should be off of my earth and not sharing the same air as me. That's how I feel. Huh. Moving on to, uh, other things. <laughs> I don't know how you segue out of, uh, something that fucked up. Um, but, uh, apparently, uh, a city council, uh, candidate sent a racist email. Uh, to somebody, first city council candidate Thomas Lopez Pierre lashed out at rival Mark Levine for being a white Jewish candidate candidate who was trying to sneak into office like a thief in the night in order to win the race. Oh, Lord. That's pretty racist. A white Jewish? Yeah. Now, Lopez Pierre is attacking one of Levine's black supporters. Brian Uh-oh. Benjamin. Well, you know, he's already established some guest of racism with that first one. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know it's not getting better from here. A prominent Democratic fundraiser who helped raise money for Barack Obama. Lopez Pierre, Levine, and more than half a dozen other candidates are running for the city council seat in Upper Manhattan being vacated by the term-limited Robert Jackson. Levine, I'm assuming that's right. It might be Levine, guys, if I'm wrong. <laughs> was backing uh, back with the has the backing of the most local Demo- local Democratic establishment, and Lopez Pierre is a long shot to say the least. A reader passed along an email directed at Benjamin, which was sent out widely by Lopez Pierre yesterday afternoon, which said, among other things, what good does it do our community by this? I mean, black and Hispanic people to have an Uncle Tom nigger bitches like you (gasps) graduate from Ivy League schools. If all you do is suck kick, suck cocks of guys like Mark Levine. Oh my God! In the in the in the uh uh an official company email where right. it has your information, your name, your address, your social security number at the bottom of it with your name in the email. <laughs> right. Your name dot at whatever dot right. com. Yep. Oh, what an idiot! In an interview yesterday, Lopez Pierre confirmed that it, it, to me that he wrote the email and said, in case it wasn't obvious, the purpose of that email was to disrespect Benjamin, humiliate him. He also conceded that his rhetoric was intended to attract <laughs> attention and defended the tone of his email, which is about as profane and racist throughout as it is in that one line, noting that House Speaker John Boehner twice cursed at Senator Majority Leader Harry Reid. Oh, so he doubled down? Yeah, but he's saying John Boehner cursed at Harry Reid twice, so it's the same thing. No, it's not, baby. It's not. He doesn't see the difference, Karen. He says that's politics on a national level. Imagine how politics is going to be in the hood. Oh Lord! <laughs> so black people, so because you're black, you automatically hood, and then you don't have any mm-hmm. any um. Can't help it. You can't be reasonable. You can't be rational. I need a documentary on politics in the hood now. I think that's what we're saying. Oh, that'd be a great ratchet ass movie. Say, motherfucker! I done told your ass. Don't vote for that nigga over there. Yeah. I will get everybody for this. Vote for me. You coon ass, summer bitch, nigger face. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe you got all the votes for and signatures for that petition. Yeah. <laughs> you you know my baby, my baby, my, my cousin would do. You have a free vote for me. Yeah. Hold my drink. Hold my drink. 
<laughs> so I imagine Bolo every goals for everybody. Every city council meeting starting with with black people about to fight because it's in the hood. It's like you know, <laughs> and then there's like one uh, there's there's like one uh, black person that is like really well spoken and wearing glasses and stuff, and they try to do politics in the hood and it doesn't fit because it's not they're not black enough. Mm. It's like he ain't hood enough. It's like well, I just think that this procedure would really be better served by oh boo get out of here. This the hood motherfucker. You ain't real. <laughs> you you ain't keeping it real. <laughs> you ain't keeping it real, black. Politics in the hood. The fuck is that? <laughs> I moved to. I got a motion. Is a motion in the ocean? Somebody play this. One. I got a motion. I got a motion. We go to Bubba Barbecue right now. Fuck this <laughs> the council meeting. Uh, he declined to respond directly to, to the email. Um, Mr. Benjamin, but he did say there is something to be said about Upper Manhattan recognizing that race cannot be the most determinate factor in who you endorse for elected office. What about people's policies and views? Uh, I've got the email here, what we used to call the jump, if you want to read it, but probably you get the idea. So here's our email, January 3rd, Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern Time. This is like 2 in the morning, too. Yeah, O two. He might have said this at two in the morning, which uh, might explain some things. So it's like drinking subject. Brian Benjamin, you Uncle Tom nigger bitch who sucks cock. Thomas Perez, Lopez Perez, January 3rd. Wow. Brian Benjamin. First, I would like to say Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was the subject. That's how it started. Uh, Yeah, that was the subject. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Now that that bullshit is out the way. Uh, you need to make your podcast uh, three times longer. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> that's you out need the to way. Be five times a week. You need to let Eldroid talk more, you racist motherfucker. Nah. Um. <laughs> now that that bullshit is out the way, I wanted to say this to your face, but I did not want my words to be misunderstood. So I'm sending it to you in writing and sharing it with others. I see that you are oh, on the. Oh, so he shared this with other people. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you never thought there was going to be an outrage, a backlash. I think he did, Karen. I don't think he's trying to avoid it. He's oh, it. oh, oh. So he's embracing the racism. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sending it to you in writing and sharing it with others. I see that you are on the host committee for the Mark Levine uh, for City Council. I I would hope that one day you would give me the legal grounds to bitch slap you. You are an Uncle Tom nigger bitch. It's nigger bitches like you that have sold out the black people of Harlem to think that there are about eight other candidates in this race that are black and Hispanic and you decide to pick Mark Levine or Levine, the only white slash Jewish in the race to raise money. What good does it do our community by this? I mean, black and Hispanic people to have Uncle Tom nigger bitches like you graduate from Ivy League schools as if if all you do is suck the cock of guys like Mark Levine. All the best. Thomas Lopez Perez. P.S. The reason why you got your the best (laughs) P.S. The reason why you got your nigger ass kicked politically by Jamal Nelson when you ran for district leader is because black people in Harlem can smell the bitch in you. They know you are weak, (laughs) little short man who sucks white Jewish cock. Uh, Professionally yours. Smile Don. No, just kidding. Uh, That that was the end. That was the end crazy oh like what a douche face at least he's keeping his racism out in the open i guess yeah at least we know where he stands yeah 
Um, all right, let's get into some guess the race for the people in the chat. Cool. Um, everybody knows the game guess the race. This is when uh, we read articles and you guess the race of the people involved. Um, and uh, let's see if you guys can top uh, Mr. Pierre. <laughs> oh, Lord. He would be good. Mr. Lopez Pierre would probably be pretty good at he, guess he, the he, race. He would win guess the race. <laughs> be like, yeah, yeah. Punch monkey. Yeah, we, we can go with that one. That's yeah. All right. Uh, deputies were able to track down a couple of home invasion suspects. Christina Lynn Brick, 34, and Jason Michael Lane, 31, both of Okala. That's right. Oh, Florida. Within an hour of the early morning crime after the victim, an 80 year old woman recognized their voices, according to a news Aww. release. It seems one of the suspects, Lane, had, uh, had repeatedly doing odd jobs around the woman's house the duo had made threats to shoot the elderly woman who reported hearing at least three gunshots and remained motionless in her bed during the robbery according to the report wow the woman also told deputies she had heard the banditos calling out each other's names like idiots christina get the tv okay jason michael lane give me one second <laughs> what you say? Yo, what, what, what? I don't remember. What, what, we not, we, we not supposed to use your real name. You know, somebody might be listening, but I don't care. Uh, while we add it, uh, call, go on. Don't you call me on my cell phone, 704-335-5846. Right. Uh, did, can you hit my social security card? Uh, the one that says 275-498009. Yeah, yeah that's that one. It. That's it. Go ahead and give it, repeat it one more time. In case I can't remember it. Uh, patrol deputies found a pickup used by the duo in the parking lot of a local motel. The couple were inside a motel room, according to the report. Deputies said they soon realized stuff inside the truck and on the hotel bed belonged to the woman. <laughs> Another witness told detectives the couple's children's ages se- children ages seven and one had been left alone in the hotel room. <gasps> seven and one. Wow. What kind of raising Arizona shit is this? To the fullest. Anyway, guess the race of uh, Mr. They're both the same race. Christina Lynn Brick, Jason Michael Lane. Uh, chat room. Let's see what they say. Wow. Let's feel like we should have played the raising Arizona music throughout that one. Yes. Left the baby in the motel room and shit. That All right. Had to pick the diapers up at the grocery store. Cheese eating dude bros that wear flip flops in the winter. Cheese eating horse kisser. Black. Natural born killers white, nickel Nick Cage rage white, whitey cheddar paper snow monkeys snow monkeys I like that it's my new favorite. Jason hitch up the trailer white one who fucks fishes and horses. Despite well, I've never heard the fish fucking one that's new. Despite all my rage, I'm still Nicholas Cage white. The correct answer is white. Mm-hmm. It was white people people. That was crazy. Um, here's another uh. Guess the race article. Uh, as soon as it wants to play, just uh, you know, take your time. Uh, get through that advertisement if you got to. Um, Would you refresh it? I might have to. Let's see, it's like I've been paused too long. Oh damn! It just started playing when I refreshed it. <laughs> oh, live podcasting, y'all! It's the best. It is the best. San Francisco police are searching for a man suspected of severely burning his girlfriend. The victim's family says the couple was fighting at a laundromat on Sunday when 22-year-old Dexter Oliver ran home, grabbed a can of gasoline, doused his girlfriend, and set her on fire. Shit. That takes 
so much planning. Like, he just happened to remember he had gasoline. Like, I could see being so mad at someone that maybe things get physical. I could see being so mad that you pick up a weapon and hit them. Being so mad that you, like, let me jog my ass home, get a can of gasoline, come back. And light your ass on fire. He was mad as shit. Yes, and then not only that, whatever they charge him with, it's going to be first degree because you mapped that shit out, son. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of degrees because he was burning. <laughs> Hell yes. Also, man, like, um, you would never see, like, someone write an article talking about, well, you know, uh, this is why you don't get drunk when uh, you argue with your boyfriend. Like, it's only right that we come up with these and then she deserved to be raped. <laughs> Protect yourself from the rape that is going to happen because it's, it's definitely happening. It's your fault. Gasoline and um, in um, a bottle, and he left, but I didn't know he was going to burn it. Witnesses say they saw the woman on fire in the street. Their identities are being protected out of concern for their safety. She took off her shirt and she dropped it off there, and then she was running like because she she was she got burned because of the shirt. And then the guy, I guess, that had burned her, like I mean, took her purse and ran off that way. She was Shit. basically like sk- like running. He took a purse. I thought it was his boy, her boyfriend. He said, "Oh, fire didn't rob them." Some like some crackhead shit. And she was just screaming because that, that's what we heard. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's screaming. Let's go get her. Police are looking at images from security cameras as they try to track down the suspect. All right, guys. So they got his picture on here. Guess the race of the girlfriend arsonist. Uh, what was his name again? Uh, Dexter Oliver. Dexter Oliver. From the boondock singing, Gotta Let It Burn. Tom from the boondock singing, Gotta Let It Burn. <laughs> Hispanic cow. One who has who was the same color as raw chicken before she turned he, she turned crispy black. Uh, before she turned crispy black, also white. Okay, guala guala back never drive Mexican. Jigga what jigga who jigga booze. <laughs> Carrie white Latina heat. One who wouldn't have gotten darker if he got burned. Alicia Keys because she sings a song. Can she sing a song about this? Kind of black. Uh, a coon who likes his pussy burnt. Uh, oh Johnny Storm White and Bay Area Blackie. Correct answer was black. Black one, black man. I almost couldn't believe that one. Like when I saw that story, yes. I was like, I was like, damn, a black dude did that. God damn, it's not like a crackhead though. So I know he took that purse. Then I would have changed my mind. All right, next story. Ah, that's right. Races against my own people. The incident occurred here in Grove Street in uh, in Rockland. It seemed like such a nice gesture from their daughter and her friend. A couple of milkshakes for mom, dad, chocolate for dad, vanilla for mom. There was only one problem with those milkshakes. According to Rockland PD, they contained a sleeping uh, prescription sleeping medication <gasps> that the friend had brought over to the house. And the whole idea, as you mentioned, was to put the parents to sleep so that they could use the Internet after the 10 p.m. family curfew. <gasps> That's right. So, I will beat the brakes off of them. So basically, these little girls, uh, their milkshakes were going to bring all the boys to the yard. Yes. Uh, the yard being Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> well, the parents didn't finish the milkshakes because there was an odd flavor to them, a little grittiness to the taste. But soon after, they did fall asleep. 
They woke up about one in the morning, they had hangover like symptoms, they felt really groggy, had a headache, went back to sleep, felt the same way the next morning, so they felt something something was strange. The parents were so sure something strange was going on that they picked up a drug test kit from the police department. It's something You know, also you should know something's up when your teenage daughters are bringing you milkshakes. And, and you ought to know something wrong when them motherfuckers don't go run down smoothly like a milkshake should. Mm-hmm. Parents often buy to check if their children are using drugs. This test, however, they tried on themselves. The results brought them back to the police department with their daughter along with them. The story came out, the drug test. We asked the parents if there was any witness as well, and we asked them what happened. And from that, we deduced what occurred, and we arrested them both. Neighbors on Grove Street in Rockland, near where the incident took place, were shocked by what happened. I don't get it, and I don't know what the answer is, but, uh, well, I sure hope somebody finds it, because that's, that's crazy stuff, man. I think about it, and I have a grandson who's only nine, and I know that he will make up stories about being sick or being scared just so he can go home and play the video games. So I can imagine at teenagers at their age that they would think of a lot of things to do to be able to use their computers. That's a very understanding woman because I would have been like, uh, they can think of it. <laughs> it don't mean it's going to happen. Yeah, ain't no crimes about thinking, you know, think what you want. Yeah, it's a lot of shit I think that I didn't say and I didn't do that I didn't act on. And, and, and my thing is this is, is a lot. And it's about disciplining and those children did not fear those parents enough to know not to do that. I don't know also like I also like the idea that this lady this lady was like uh well you know he'll act sick so he can stay home and play video games. I'm like so you let him? That's right. If I was too sick to go to school, my mama was like, "Oh, your ass too sick for anything, anything. fun." It's like, "Oh, I, I'm sick, mama. I wonder where well, are you sick enough to read that math book and do your homework like you're supposed to?" Cuz I went and got them lessons for you like, "Fuck." Still yeah, I, I, yeah I called the teacher today, you know, and and, and now they make it so uh, convenient for if you're on top of it as a parent, when you get shit sent to you, emailed to you, and all that stuff. Exactly. And my thing, the problem I have is this. Like I said, they didn't fear the parents enough. Because if this would have been the right set of parents, they would have been arresting the parents for beating the shit out of the children. <laughs> Well, for giving I'm them not, drugs. I'm not such a fan of just going and beating the shit out of your children, but I'm not either. But I would have been highly upset. Yeah, but I, they would have definitely. I would have to do something. I don't know what I would have did. You know, but. yeah, but you know what? I think I think it is best to go to jail because you yeah, know what? I think they did the best thing. I, they took them to jail you know and said deal with it. And I think the best thing about going to jail is that I better take you to jail because if I don't take you to jail, I'm gonna go to jail. Yeah, I think I would do that. I think I'd rather take them to juvie or something. Let's spend a weekend in there. Yeah, and you and you gonna stay have alone. And you know when they say let you up, say now nah, can you extend their time in there two more weeks? Right. Now, if these two were adults, they'd be facing prison time for doing something like this, as it is because they're underage, will be going through the juvenile court system. Also, because they're underage, the police are not releasing their names or the family names. All right, so no guest erase on that one. Sorry, oh, my guys. Bad. My bad. I typed in the chat room. Oh, yeah, there's no pictures to guest erase, um, although I'm pretty sure it's a lot of slander going towards white people right now in the chat room. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm not even going to look. Um, <laughs> My bad, y'all. This is not guest array. Uh, here's the next article. 
In just about an hour, the woman accused of nearly killing a man by dragging him behind a pickup truck will go before a judge in Volusia County. Local 6's Nick Benzant shows us who this woman is and how she's connected to the two other arrests. This is Joanne Hobart. She was arrested last night and she's now at the Volusia County Jail where in just a few hours she's going to be facing a judge on these five charges including attempted felony murder because deputies say it was her truck. Wow. Listening to the 911 call, it doesn't seem real. Um, I was just sitting in my living room. I had a gentleman walk up on my front porch. He's in his underwear. He's all bloody. He's got a rope around his neck. He's claiming that his wife's uh, son tried to beat him up, drop him down the road behind the pickup. But Volusia County deputies say Robert Hall was tasered, beaten, held at gunpoint, tied to the back of a truck, and then dragged in his underwear a half mile down a gravel road by his ex-wife, Jeanette Morris, her brother, Harold Anderson, and their friend, Joanne Hobart. He's telling me, yes. as they put him in the bed of the truck, that they had a hole dug, is what they were telling him. Tyler Shelvin is the man behind the 911 call. He says that after Hall somehow managed to get free, the injured 54-year-old came running up to his house looking for help. Ropes still dangling from his hands, feet, and neck. He showed, actually showed me he had four big, big burn spots on his stomach. After being taken to the hospital, Hall was able to identify Morris, Anderson, and Hobart. All three have been arrested, and this morning, all three are facing charges of conspiracy to commit murder, aggravated battery, and kidnapping. Now Hobart's first appearance is scheduled for 1.30. Hall is still in the hospital. He's listed as being in critical condition. It all right, man, guess the race of the woman who drug her husband, uh, her ex-husband, behind a truck. That's crazy. <laughs> man, people got mad this week. Maybe the, the Obama tax cuts start kicking in. The checks got ah! Hillbilly Ford F-150 Klan bitch. Cheesecake suckers. White. That's what happens when you eat the last craft single dog, Wizite. Country music fan, uh, Nick Jew said, Uncle Tom nigger bitches, someone says. I think that's only, okay. Taylor Swift fan base, country music fan, nigger was ram tough. <laughs> Dixie <laughs> chick, cheesy white, probably done this to a nigger before white. <laughs> oh. Cousin of Louisiana gator hunter, interracial couple, white woman going to get to back to her clan roots. Daisy Duke, hobo with a shotgun. Conway Twitty's first cousin. Correct answer ah! is white. It was a white lady dragging her husband, ex-husband. Uh, so. uh, all right, man. This is a very special dedication, uh, this next segment. It is all uh, for our girl, June. Uh, everybody knows that June likes to, uh, you know, she go in the chat room. She's real good at guest the race. Uh, it's her birthday, uh, last Saturday or something. She asked, cause she had some sword ratchetness for her birthday. So I said, you know what? Let's dedicate some sword ratchetness stories. Uh, keep in mind, we're still trying to keep these off the streets, get some tougher laws. Uh, we do not need people running around, uh, you know, with these swords. We're all willy nilly. Uh, first one, student accused of bringing sword onto school property. Oh, Aiken South younger and younger, younger and younger. Mm hmm. Babies having babies with swords. Aiken, South Carolina, a student ah! is in trouble after he allegedly brought a sword to South Aiken High School. Assistant Principal Jason Holt says the student was sitting in his truck in the parking lot with his music turned up loud. <laughs> oh, We're shit. not gonna take it when Holt approached. No, the- not gonna take it. Yeah. 
It's just like, you gotta fight for your right. Yeah. He's holding a sword. When Holt approached the truck, he saw a sword with a nine-inch blade and confiscated it. Shit. The same student had been warned before winter break by the principal not to bring weapons on the school property after shotgun shells were found in his truck. Shit. Um, why is this motherfucker still in school again? Yeah, he didn't get suspended for the shotgun shells? Can't this be the child we left behind uh, this one time, ah! W. Bush, please? I know that's a no child left behind. Mm-hmm. Except few, you. A few of them got to get left behind. I'm sorry. Right. A few of them got to kick out the moving vehicle. Right. Uh, Ho also found a Mountain Dew bottle inside the truck that smelled like liquor. Another student claimed the bottle was his. The bottle was also confiscated. Charges in the case are still pending. So drunk with a sword wow. playing loud music. Sword also used in the fatal attack. Shout out to June. Slain woman was stabbed twice and slashed in addition to being shot. Shit. April Perry, one of two victims in Friday's double shooting, was also attacked with a sword. The two men arrested in the case, Robert Luis Guerra Jr. and Ryan Sean Johnson, appeared in court uh, for the first time Monday. Both were ordered held without bond and are officially listed as material witnesses. Although Muskogee County District Attorney Larry uh, Moore said in court that Guara, 35, would likely be charged with first-degree murder. Moore said the expected charge for, for Johnson would likely be read at 3 p.m., uh, in court today april perry 22 and her husband daryl perry 52 was shot friday afternoon in a in a mobile park both were flown to tulsa hospital tulsa oh florida <laughs> april perry died saturday muskogee county sheriff's officer investigator faye banks said investigators burt Poole and daryl perry said said daryl perry is alive right now so he's probably in critical condition or something. During the hearing, Moore told Special District Judge Robin Adair that each of the Perrys was shot twice, that April Perry was stabbed twice from behind with a sword. She also suffered a gash to the head after she was struck with the sword. Wow. What the fuck? Why did they try to do her like that? Who knows? In addition to a possible first-degree murder charge, Guerrero could face charges of first-degree robbery, larceny of an automobile bill, possession of a firearm at the felony conviction, um, possession of controlled dangerous subject substance, possession of drug paraphernalia. Poole said Guerrero was found in a blue Dodge Neon that belonged to the Perrys, so he stole the car. Wow. Moore said Guerrero was found to be in possession of a twenty two caliber handgun and that twenty two caliber shells were found inside the Perry's mobile home. Hmm, I wonder if those match. The sword Guerrero allegedly used is in the sheriff's office possession. It's been sent to Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigations for testing. Neighbors said a man had been living with the parents. He had been living with the parents recently. And Poole said the man's name had come up in the investigation. There are still some people we need to talk to in there. Still some loose ends to tie up. So, wow. So there's another dude that possibly was living with them that might be implicated. As for the possible motive of the attack. They said uh, Guerrero had allegedly uh, had allegedly alleged that Daryl Perry had taken some items from him. It's safe to say that was property. He said that was taken enough property to anger Guerrero. Monica Reese says she knew both Perry's and described April Perry as a very helpful person and said she did. She knew Darnell Daryl Daryl Perry as an extremely hard worker. So I wonder if maybe he thought he stole something and then they tortured his wife in front of him with the swords and then shot them both. Wow. Possibility. April Perry was always so kind and helpful. She would help anyone who needed it. She had lots of friends that enjoyed her company. I know I did. So, source, 
and guns wow. in this case take another person's life over playing guess the race no 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 okay. no guess the race for this this is all for, for june oh uh cops man chased the neighborhood with a samurai sword gainesville Damn. oh of course gainesville oh florida cops reported ah! tased uh reported tased robert allen chesser 47 after allegedly charged at them with a mop before striking a canine dog with the tool um, what the dog got to do with it? The cops responded to the call after Chestnut allegedly chased his neighbor with a three foot long samurai sword, swinging it at a man. Oh, so, crazy! Burke's man arrested for samurai sword attack on New Year's Eve. We can't now look. Everybody pulls <laughs> out guns on New Year's Eve. When we start pulling out swords on nobody, New Year's nobody Eve, nobody told me that was you were supposed to do. Happy New Year's! Shing, <laughs> shing, shing. A Berks County man was arrested after attempting to attack his parents with the samurai sword on New Year's Eve. Around 5.36 p.m., December 31st, Cal, uh, Corporal John Scala and Officer T- Kyle Tranovich of the Township Police Department responded to an incident at 16 Horseshoe Drive in Penwood Development where a domestic dispute was taking place between 28-year-old Brandon Gramlich and his parents. Oh, my goodness. 28 fighting your parents with a sword. The officers were informed that the parents were locked in the bedroom and their son was attempting to kick the door down and was armed with a knife. When they arrived, they found that Gramlich had knocked the door down and was yelling at his parents saying he was going to kill them. They said Gramlich was armed with a samurai sword at the time. The officer commanded Gramlich to drop the sword, which Gramlich did before he was taken into police custody. Police learned Gramlich became violent after his parents informed him they would not allow him to use their car. Nigga, you 28 years old. What's with your parents about a car? He responded by damaging a bedroom door and first floor living room and also assaulting his father, knocking him to the ground several times. Wow, yeah, yeah. This is an instance where there was no discipline, baby. Yeah, now this one I can see whooping somebody's ass. Um, Gramlich was transported to Berks County Central Processing Center in charge of aggravating several assault, terroristic threats, recklessly endangering another person, harassment, and disorderly conduct. He was arraigned at Central Arraignment Court and has been committed to Berks County Prison pending a court appearance. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. A Columbus police officer was threatened with a sword early Saturday while investigating a gunshot fire on Forsyth Street. Officer Michael Aguilera, 28, was not injured in the attack just minutes after midnight Friday. Rashad Bailey, 22, guessed the race, of Forsyth Street, was taken into to custody and charged with one count of aggravated assault on a police officer, misdemeanor obstruction, reckless conduct, and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. Gotta have that. Of course. He is held without bond in the Muskogee County Jail. Is this Florida, too? Are you fucking serious? Nigga. (laughs) The fuck? What's going on in Florida this week? So is everywhere. Did y'all... I'm scared to tell them that there's guns available because they they fucking around and be shooting people next week um uh, stab and shot got somebody already got double double take yeah aguilar was patrolling on foot behind closed businesses near buena vista road when he heard a gunshot from the area of fulton avenue on Forsyth street after driving to that location the officer spotted a man grabbing at his waist while running behind some houses so he's probably trying to keep his pants up Aguilar stopped his cruiser. With pants to fit, criminals with pants to fit. And started chasing the, well, how are you going to get the sword in there? Chasing the man on foot. Ah! 
Cavs sort of skinny jeans, Karen. Uh, the the man. Oh, you don't believe in Chiefs. <laughs> the man refused to stop, but the officer caught the two hundred and fifty pound suspect when he fell and injured his right knee. Oh, oh, he didn't have the proper shoes on. Pull one of them RG threes. Probably shouldn't have been in the game. Mm-mm. Coach Mike Shadahan said it was completely fine that he was running out there. Maybe mm-hmm. nothing was wrong. ACL and MCL and all the L's is toe up. Doctor James Andrew waved high at the suspect and said, uh, "That that's a medical term." That's when. <laughs> That's when a struggle ensued between Bailey and the officer. During the struggle, the subject pulled a long 16-inch knife. And it, a 16-inch knife. That's a fucking sword. Shit. In an aggressive manner, the officer said in his report at the time, um, Officer Aguilar was able to wrestle the knife away from the suspect. Uh, mm, cops are so much better than me. I had to shot this motherfucker so fast. Pays him something. Like, it wouldn't even have been. The story with man shot holding sword. <laughs> yes! As soon as you pull a sword out, I'm not wrestling the shit. You're not a gator. I'm not wrestling you for no fucking sword. Ah! I'm shooting you. Put the sword down, sir. Put the sword down. That was two times. Blam. <laughs> oh, no, he's got a Follow gun. Follow instructions. Right. Um, in another report about the incident, Aguilar called the weapon a sword. After Bailey was in custody, police traced his steps during the foot chase and found a 9 millimeter pistol behind a gun a house on forsyth street so yeah hopefully uh they planted that gun just to keep him guess off the, street. the race sure we can play guess the race uh what was his name jamal bailey some rashad bailey rashad bailey a nigga with aids he is immortal Aww. he has he is immortal he has inside his blood of kings duncan mcleod of the clan mcleod Highlander reference. He pulled his sword out slow like it had Castle Grayskull superpowers white. Afro Samurai's distant cousin. <laughs> was ah! Dreadlock Samurai. Uh, Hal Zimabaru. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what happened to that? What was my update? Oh, Hal Zim- uh, Sorry, man. My update's acting up. Um, on my screen. Give me one second. Hal Zimabaru. Z- uh, living, living Ichigo Naruto dreams black coon monkey, council cocksucker nigger bitch, councilman cocksucker nigger bitch, <laughs> one whose wife tastes like honey nut Cheerios, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh honey jigaboo boo trailer park black, yeah black, yeah, they were black. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um. All right, we got a couple more. We got to clear some off of this sheet. I've been saving them for weeks. Uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida. Oh, Florida. A teenager's recovering after police say he shot himself in the penis and testicle while cleaning the gun he had just bought. <gasps> oh, he didn't go through a gun safety class. I think that should be. I'm sorry. If you get a gun, you need the minimal. You need to go through a gun safety class, then he show you how to shoot that motherfucker. Because he shot himself because he didn't know the proper way of how to take his gun. It happened Thursday morning um, at his home. Police say 18-year-old Michael Smeriglio, Smeriglio first lied to police saying someone shot him with while he was walking down the street. After being questioned by police, he admitted to accidentally doing it himself. Doctors say the bullet went through his penis, his left testicle, and then lodged itself in his thigh. <laughs> Uh, we'll be reading about him in strange, on Strange Sex in a Year. So Mariglio told police he bought the gun last month at a party. While police investigating at the home where it happened, they discovered marijuana in the house. Yeah, we might as well get high oh, if you're going to so, have a gun. So, it was, so it's not like he bought the gun legally. He bought it illegally. Right. Oh. 
that led to the arrest of the homeowner joseph lamar james who wasn't doing shit but getting high on drug charges he's like i can't use oh man uh so guess the race of mr michael smariglio check the chat room Googly eating motherfucker shout out to nino brown oh screen geely uh baby bladder white junior mafia don aj soprano <laughs> oh man uh, jack off pistol oh i don't know that that's a race don't know that that's a race at all um the Is correct to black uh he doesn't have a race italian who sucks at coaching basketball and cleaning guns oogie love white willie cheese dreadlock hippie white black cheddar who's mad he can't teabag anyone oh jersey shore gangster the color chalk correct answer is white mm-hmm. surprised nobody said ziggy or cheddar bob so ah! slipping a little bit on your racism there guys cheddar bob should have been first thing out your mouth um all right uh two women arrested in meth bus at clock <laughs> who am i kidding right let's go to the next one um <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, that's a giveaway, sir. Yeah, no, no, no point doing that one. Husband uses GPS tracker to uh, to track teacher having sex with teen. Wow. A 38-year-old teacher at a Christian academy in Florida was arrested for allegedly having sex with a 16-year-old. Uh, the student, after her husband tracked her down to a secluded area through GPS signal from a t- cell phone, Amy Lou Neely, who teaches at Community Christian Academy in Stewart, Florida. Oh, Christians in Florida. <laughs> was arrested Sunday on a felony sexual assault charge. The teenager told police that he drove the couple to a secluded area uh, about a half mile from Neely's house on Saturday morning where they engaged in sex. Neely's husband, using GPS compa- capability of his wife's cell phone, walked up on the car about 10 a.m. Neely explained. Ain't they supposed to be in class? Uh, well, he was in some ass. Neely instead of in class. Mm-hmm. Neely he was digging the maze, wasn't he? I'm sure he was uh, passing passing that grade. Uh, probably the oral exam. If you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. The sexual one too. Up top. Up top health class all the way. Neely explained to the police that the 60 year old with whom she had been intimate on several occasions at her home had kept asking for sex. Noting midnight, midlife crisis feelings, Neely told police she thought that if she had sex with the teenager, he would stop asking. Well, I'm sure there's a ton of dudes, a ton of dudes who are like, that. that's not a thing that works. <laughs> hey, will you have sex with me? No. Hey, will you have sex with me? Uh, I don't think so. Hey, will you have sex with me? Damn it, three times. Now I have to fuck you. All right, guess the rest of the teacher uh, chat room. Uh, one who uses cheese strap on to violate her man. Shout out to Deidre. Mullet MacGyver. Liam Neeson's second cousin with a special set of skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, Mary Kay Letourneau, uh, white women with three names are always fucking some kids, shaking my head. Amy Lou, Wonder Bread, No Crust White, Dog Eater Asian, ah! J.R. Smith Black. The correct answer is white. It was white. Nightcrawler says gullible, gullible milky tits who gave out throat work. There you go. Oh, that's like a poor name. All right, last one, and we've got to wrap this thing up. We've done some long shows this week. 
An argument over missing cigarettes escalated into a holiday trip to jail for two Dakota residents and a winder man. Police were called to a bar in Ashton Briar Court residence. Oh, not a bar, just an Ashton Briar Court residence on December 23rd when they encountered Weston Davis, 19 of Winder, along with Jeshua Macy and Kayla, uh, Kaylee Magica, 19, uh, both of Dakula. Davis informed one of the officers that he believed Massey had stolen some of his cigarettes a few days ago. Davis admitted he had no proof Massey stole them, but was upset by the mere suspicion Massey stole them. So I don't have proof, but I'm just mad that you might have <laughs> did it. In retaliation for the suspected theft, Davis told Massey, took Massey's guitar on the night of December 22nd and put it in his Volkswagen Jetta. Davis informed the officer he took the guitar without Massey's permission and did so to make a point about Massey's alleged thievery. Later that evening, after Davis had fallen asleep, one of his friends awakened him and advised that Massey and Majka were going to damage Davis's Jetta. Davis did not believe they were going to damage the Jetta until he heard a banging noise outside. A bang, the banging noise, as Davis reported, uh, reportedly discovered when he looked out the window, was Majka scratching his Jetta with a rock. Oh, shit! How did she get involved? By that time, they were there were scratches on the Jetta that formed the shape of a penis. Several messages included. Ah, that's some good artwork. Several messages included, fuck you, don't steal, and piece of shit. Ah. When questioned about the incident, Massey denied stealing Davis's cigarettes. Massey explained that he saw a pack of cigarettes a few days prior and took a couple of the cigarettes to smoke, adding that it was, it was a common occurrence and that he and Davis had shared cigarettes many times in the past. Massey later discovered his guitar was missing and began looking for it, eventually spotting it in the backseat of Davis's Lock Jetta. Massey said he and Majka attempted to wake Davis in order to get the guitar back, but Davis refused to give them the keys to the car or retrieve the guitar himself. At that point, Massey and Majka walked outside where they located a rock and proceeded to vent their frustration upon Davis's vehicle. Massey told the officers that he he scratched the penis and the words don't steal on the vehicle and Majka was responsible for the rest. So the part that said, fuck you and... Mm-hmm. A uh, piece of shit. So you're Mag- not being accountable for that part. Yeah, Mashka, she's a real has a real way with words. Mashka says she didn't know anything about the cigarette dispute, so she's just ride or die. But corroborated Massey's story about the attempt to wake Davis and retrieve the guitar peacefully. Mashka did dispute Massey's account of the vandalism, saying that she made all the marks while Massey just stood there. So apparently, Massey's a bitch. A witness, however, told ah. police that both Massey and Mashka had scratched the vehicle after an I officer. Re- they both did too. Maybe she was just so down for him. She was trying to take all the rap. After an officer returned his guitar, Massey was placed under arrest for criminal damage to the property in the second degree. Mashka was also taken into custody on the same charge. Davis was arrested on charge of theft for admittedly taking Massey's guitar. All three were transported to the Gwinnett County Jail. Oh, shit. So everybody going to jail. Yeah, it's probably in the same fucking cell and shit. Massey was released later that day on Ah. $2,950 bond. Davis was released later that day on a $1,300 bond. And Mashka remained in jail with a listed bond of $2,950. Guess the race. You couldn't pay. Guess the race of these three people, all the same race. All involved. Trust fund babies who say the word nigger instead of nigger. Sounds like Snow on the Bluff, the series Weeknights on AMC, We Know Ratchet Black. <laughs> ah, that's a terrible ass movie. Drawing dicks where they don't belong is some cheddar shenanigans, says P-Funk. <laughs> I hear you, P-Funk. That's a good point. Give him a home where the Marlboro and the Brokeback Mountain guys play. Blacker <laughs> than midnight. Jettas equal cheddars. Ha! <laughs> 
Blacker than Twan from Wells on 40 Acres, one whose instructions on how to make Kool-Aid. Aww. Who needs instructions on how to make Kool-Aid? Yep, I mean, a wild white, a wild white from West Virginia. What would have been funny though is if uh, the article I mentioned the, what they were menthol cigarettes. Everybody's guesses would have changed. Anyway, the correct oh, answer was boy. white. Uh, make sure you check us out, guys. Blackouttips.com. Uh, check the about section for all the contact information. Our guest was Russell Hainline from the Long and Late Movie uh, Show. And, uh, you know, you can find him. We'll have it all in the show notes. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm Rodimus Prime. I'm say that again. That is in DAT. The show Twitter is TBGWT. Had a great time. It was a long show. A lot of movie talk. A lot of Duke Carolina basketball talk. But we had a really good time hanging out with you. We did. Thank you so much to all you people that came and checked out the show live. We really do appreciate it. Um, and, uh, we'll see you guys on Saturday morning when we do our feedback show at 10 a.m., assuming yes, nobody has to work. Sir. Um, and I think that's about it for now, Karen. Is anything else I gotta mention? Mm-mm. All right, man. Well, until, uh, Saturday morning. Love you. You too, baby. Mwah. Summer in the city, everybody's out and the girls looking pretty. I'ma drink until it's gone, sip until it's done. Tonight I'm out to party like I'm turning like 21. Turn 21. Party like I'm turning like 21. I'm turning 21. One, one, one.